11 o'clock comics episode one two three <laughs> the cosmic alignment it's like contact it's summer fun Spirit of early mist. I used to love that show. Really? Goddess. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I'm probably just a little bit younger than you. We're actually appreciating. Yeah, I'm sure. Zooey Cock. I like the contact with fire. Patroness of infants. Okay. Well, what's your company? Spider-Man. Oh, that was great. Morgan Freeman. Stories. Is easy reader. Oh yeah. Oh, hi guys. Hi buddy. We're back. Man, I, I missed you guys. Something awful this week. Did you? Why? Yeah, I've been really, really jonesing to sit down and, and, and talk with my talk with my guys. It feels like forever since we've, since we've been talking to each other. Tom and Sal and all that. So I'm looking forward to talking to my guys. Wow. Word. God. Who really gave that order? <laughs> God, Jesus. Jesus. God bless you, man. Dude, I met Shaft last weekend. Yes. Huh? Shaft? you all about it. Yeah. Shaft will point Sounds like a tranny prostitute. To control. <laughs> Richard Roundtree, bitches. Yeah, it was awesome. Richard Roundtree last week? Yeah. yeah. What? Yeah. yeah, fuck yeah. It was awesome. Oh, that's 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 dude, dude, we're, we're, we're alone. Yeah, you know, he said to Chris, get the fuck out my parking well, spot. No, no, we were, no, no, we were talking to you. Southern uh, Illinois, uh, Illinois. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Richard Roundtree yeah. is, uh, he is a salute. Yeah, and we were, we were talking Branch Jacobs all hanging out together. Yeah. Yeah, n- yep, absolutely. And uh, there's there's a couple others out there. So, but, uh, yeah, it was it was sweet. So we were talking uh, talking uh, SIU days. It was awesome. Wow. Huh. Mm-hmm. And Isaac Hayes. It was great. Do you, well, can you sing the song for us? The theme song? No. Maybe a little later. I would suggest that you make that the outro, but I know you already have done it. So. We already have something lined up. All right. You got to bring some Isaac Hayes in one of these days. I Maybe I will. Yeah. Snare drum, baby. Why, did he ever work with Fogat? <laughs> yeah, the, the, yeah, they cleaned his car. <laughs> You know, you know, one of these days, David, I'm going to stop being nice to you. Wait, Plug stop. Hat. I I put a down payment on your Christmas present tonight. Oh, oh goodness. That, that is the fucking truth, Chris, you, man. My goodness. David, you better hope Foghat doesn't have a box set. <laughs> why would he put it in, Wait, first of all, why would a down payment be done on that? And wouldn't that just be called like a single? <laughs> Remember the I didn't, I didn't know uh, I didn't know Swiss Colony took uh, layaway, but that's cool. <laughs> oh, starting off good. Well, my, hey, my good my good friends at, at Dark Tower Comics have a little a little shit. something for David Price. Look oh, at this! Damn, damn. Awesome. Here now, we'll be all quiet for the rest of the episode. Mm-hmm. And there was a Vince different huh? money mug. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody! Guess what time it is? It's eleven o'clock. Time for eleven o'clock comics. I, you bet, I am Vince B. <laughs> and I'm Christopher Neesman. I'm David Price. In in for me, Islands Man. I'm Mitchell One Hundred. <laughs> no. <laughs> Jesus. No, you're not. You're you're the prob I'm assuming you're the the brown and toasty tanned Jason Wood back in the house. I actually I know uh, who Mitchell Hunt is. 
Yeah, I am impossibly white right now. If no one on the earth would would bet, actually, everyone on the earth would bet their entire life savings that I was not at a tropical island for the last week. Looking at me, well, well you're Irish. You're Irish, dude. Yeah, they don't tan you. Bro. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. I was literally literally laid in the sun for about eight to ten hours a day for seven days straight, and you, I'm probably paler than just about anything this side of a cadaver. Wow. And Mr. Wood's Milky White Skin is brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com. Head on over there and gaze in wide wonder at the amazing discounts that you can receive on your favorite funny books and collectibles. 35 to 75% off its unheard of. They have special books that they'll single out every month. You'll get 75% off on those. Marvel Image DC Dark Horse start around 35 to 40, sometimes mostly 45% off and up. It's amazing. Check them out. DCBService.com. Wonderful selection of Steve Ditko books. Some picture box goodies. It's all there. Go get them. DCBService.com. Oh, yeah. Yeah, or, Or just follow them on Twitter. Jesus Christ. What? <laughs> wow! Gee, seriously, Zach, you need to calm down because I'm looking at my Twitter feed and like full. twenty fucking tweets in a row. Okay, I know there's so much good stuff to buy, but Jesus, calm down. Well, <laughs> see, I should not comment because I blast people for that. I unfollow people the minute they start loading up on the tweets, like one after another. Mm-hmm. See ya. Unless it's like David, nah, <laughs> homie doesn't play that, and David doesn't usually do that. So. Yeah, I've been way down on the Twittering lately. I've got you have? I know. I keep getting like, like, replies like, is everything going around? All right, dude. So I'm like, yeah. It's just I was on vacation, people. I, you know, I, Twitter's like, I've always said Twitter's like that cocktail. It's like a cocktail party, you know? Like, if you leave it, you don't really feel like you've missed anything, and then you have to sort of meander back in, but then it's like a lot of stuff's going on, and you're kind of out of the – you kind of got to get your rhythm back, your circadian rhythm. So I'm it's sort true. of getting my, 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 my mojo back the next these last few days. You never lost your mojo. And yeah. you you must have really uh, amassed a, a nice number of books that you've read in your downtime. I'm guessing, right? Uh, you know what? Actually, it's uh, what is this episode? What what episode is this? One, One two, two, three. three. Ja- the the Jackson Five episode. So of the of this, let's say 115, 116 I've participated in. This is the first time I have actually read zero comics since the last episode. Oh boy! So you're really? doing, you're you're doing the David method. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, well, I I was on vacation, as you guys know, and that's good to be back. And uh, I didn't intentionally didn't bring any comics on vacation because uh, the wife would kill you. Yeah, yeah. The no, wife well, not even that really. But it was just like I wanted vacation to really be a complete departure from my normal everyday life, which is right. work, kids, home, comics, all that stuff. So I brought books, you know, tried and true novels. And the wife, and that was it. Um, and then I thought, of course, oh, I'm going to be all up in the comics as soon as I get back. And it just has been uh, just mad crazy here at work. So I just, I have not, I, I was heading home today thinking, Lordy Bagordy, I have not read a single comic book in two weeks, which is probably like an adult record for me since college. It's probably oh. the longest I've ever gone without reading like one issue at least. But You know what I like to do when I travel? I like What's to that? try and find comic shops. Uh, I did ask our our uh, our butler if they had uh, any comic shops to check out, and he said he wasn't aware of any on uh, in Nassau. So, because uh, on our honeymoon we went to Cancun, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and I found a comic shop in Cancun. 
Mm-hmm. It was, really? yeah, it was the second floor. <laughs> it's actually very scary. Uh, dark. Uh, there was maybe one person in the thing. But uh-huh. here I am on my honeymoon looking through comics. My wife's like, really? Are you really? serious? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Not for her. <laughs> you know, who, uh, there is an awesome, uh, well, it's, I've not been there, but I've heard it's awesome, uh, in Bermuda, if anyone's in the Bermuda, um, Garen Medeiros, who I believe is a listener, um, and also a comic creator, he owns a comic book store in the heart of, uh, of, uh, of Bermuda proper. That's so oh, that's awesome. sweet. Awesome. Yeah, dude, I want, yeah. I want his job. Um, speaking of all this island action and, and kind of making me think of, you know, island drinks and, and everything that, uh, that, that Wood was enjoying on his vacation, we should probably do the drink roll call, right? <laughs> the Neesman segue, ladies Smooth. and gentlemen. <laughs> hey, it's my moment, okay? Pull can it. I have my fucking Pretty moment for You can. <laughs> Chris has One been drinking. Yes, you can. Start it off, Chris. Right. Go. Vince, dash our hopes. Tell us what. What I'm not drinking? Tell us what you're not drinking. Tell us what you're not drinking. To commemorate the return of the boy, I've been I've been looking forward to this oh, all week, and it, this kind of ties in with uh, one of the books I'm going to talk <laughs> about tonight. It's a consciousness altering beverage. If you oh. remember, remember the last so time good. I drank it? No, it's the Golden Monkey. Oh, it's that. That's right. Golden uh, Monkey. Oh, yes. Nice. Just for Jason. I'm going to put in my Tales of the Golden Monkey box set right now in honor of you. There you go. Nice. So, Victory Brewing Company. This stuff's great. Awesome. Yeah. It makes, well, me, makes me even more stupid than usual, but that's okay. Stop it. No, the last Golden Monkey episode was awesome because Vince got a little wet and yeah. it was... Yeah, it was, it was hot. But you got you got to watch because that my... That was that uh, episode where we all were like, wow, that was really good. And then the, the, yeah. the thread was like 80 pages long. And, yes. Yeah, I know. My Final. ability to find the proper words to describe... My thoughts decreases with the, the amount of golden monkey I drink. You lost your thesaurus, clearly. Yeah. Just, just, so yeah. That, sometimes that can be a good thing, Vince. Mm-hmm. You know, the thing. The thing was really good. What thing? You know, <laughs> the, the thing. 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 It was great. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. David Price, what are you drinking? Uh, I uh, went back to the Alice White Shiraz tonight. I'm going to finish the bottle, I think. Yeah, Where's I that from? Australia. Australian, Australian. So I haven't tried any of those uh, those Oregon uh, Pinot. Well, but I was actually taking shit for like suggesting an Oregon Pinot Noir. You were in our during our our fantasy draft. You were taking shit. And I'm just like, what the fuck? You yeah, know, I, I, my, my wife knows. The, oh, Jason. What you, by the way, um, all the eleven o'clock gridiron um, guy out there thanks for um a, a very well organized and expedient draft yeah fast draft man shoo yep. fast draft and jason thank you for organizing that what sure. do you think about my draft matt ryan a little upset about my starting quarterback it's but the rest uh, of I think it, he did fine i mean obviously aside from the fact he drafted someone that's out for the year but obviously Dude, you did we, it have like, ten, we have 10 bench I know, I know. I'm, just, I'm just giving you shit it was funny though but uh, no you did fine if you'd there like are some to check people that were clearly newbies, but hey, that's that's how you learn, man. We we're all that's newbies right. once or twice. If you'd yeah. like to check the progress of the eleven o'clock fantasy football thing, head on over to our forum, bullpenbulletinspodcast dot com forward slash forum. David hooked up a newfangled menu bar on the bottom of the it's thing. That's awesome. It's really yes, cool. you can you can yeah, click like, on you can go to Twitter, Facebook, all that that newfangled stuff. You can see the new posts. You can see the people that are on. It's Amazing! So, kudos to David, and we have a new banner, also suggested by David. 
Yeah. Yes. Oh, Check haunt, it. Haunt banner. Yeah, haunt. It's been two months since I've really enjoyed looking at our banner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, I, I can't help you out there, buddy. <laughs> yeah, but I think, I think we're focusing on uh, rights to that images folder up on the server. Yeah, oh, like oh. Chris's. <laughs> mm-hmm. well, I think Matt, Matt, Matt Forte uh, steal of the draft a little upset I didn't think of Beanie Wells just because I think Beanie, Wheel, Beanie Wells is the best name in sports Beanie what are you Beanie drinking Chris? Um, uh, I thank you Vince for getting us back on track alright this is it's one that I've had before and remember fondly it is from our friends at the uh, New Belgium brewery in uh, in colorado uh if you have ever had fat tire uh these are the folks that brew this and this is from their lips of faith series which is kind of their limited edition kind of like special uh, micro micro brew um stuff from the brewery and so it's it's stuff that's a little a little more premium a little more high-end and this is their lawfully sour brown ale and if you've heard me talk about um uh, sour beers in in the past um uh the monk's cafe is is uh, uh without a doubt my favorite um uh, flemish sour beer this is in the the same school this is uh this is also uh a, a sour ale uh it's not uh, a traditional flemish um but uh but definitely uh has that that really um vinegary uh sour taste to it there's going to be a lot of fruit in it uh it it's really nice it's a little more harsh than the monk's cafe it's a little bit harder on the palate um not as maybe not as sophisticated as the monk's cafe but it's still a really nice sour beer so this is the uh, the new belgium lips of faith lawfully sour brown ale wow my wife's got a fat tire i've been trying to oh. deflate it but she won't stand still oh boy <laughs> so jason i think i think you're bringing up uh the the end here you you are the the drink roll call caboose nice nice well uh i am drinking something that i uh i had uh last week uh entitled the caribbean dream i knew it i knew you were gonna bring some island flavored stuff yep and uh you if you feel like playing at home hopefully you have a nice stocked bar because you're gonna need melon liqueur grandine okay uh pineapple juice and what am I forgetting? Because I don't have it sitting here. Uh, melon liqueur, pineapple juice, grenadine, and one other thing. Oh, blue curacao. Uh, and uh, shake it, put it in some uh, ice, and uh, enjoy. That sounds very I1D. Yeah, it's green. It comes out like, like almost like gamma radiation green. So it's kind of. Mm-hmm. And nice. you had all that stuff in your house. I do. Wow. Yeah. I got Respect. all that stuff. In my Gotta house. have a fully stocked bar, Vince. Hell oh, yeah. Respect. You know? Respect. You know? Play You're not living unless you have some blue curacao in your house. Come on now. Okay. Melon liqueur? What's what? 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 Is that, what? The, you, you like the Midori melon? I, I mean, it's only only as a mixing agent, but... Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yo, this is Darryl from the farms. Um, from now on, all my, all my calls for 11 o'clock are dedicated to Tom Caters. I love you in the flash. Uh, anyway, um, I'm looking forward to seeing what JMS is going to do on Superman and Wonder Woman. I, I see people complaining about it already, 
and the first issue hadn't even come out yet. And most of the people complaining are people that don't even read most DC books in the first place. So if the same dude that could make Thor a good book, and he did, he kicked ass on Thor, I'm going to give him a chance to see what he can do on Superman and Wonder Woman. So, later. Before we get into things, mm-hmm. uh-huh. uh, something, we're, something, we're like 20 minutes in. Yeah, something something came out today uh-huh. from IDW. Something came out, right? Right. Mm-hmm. But this made me shake like that dude in the book by Nabokov. I, I would hate to drop a sting reference, but I did. I'm sorry. A stunk <laughs> reference. It's, uh, it's the second volume of the Sam Keith sketchbook from IDW ah, came yes, out today. And I dare say it's even more beautiful and alluring than the first volume. But get this. the He's doing a three-cycle movement. The first cycle is the two 48-page sketchbooks. Very mm-hmm. cool. The second cycle is called The Art of Sam, a 600-plus page book of material that I've held back for a rainy day. Hand-picked personal favorites from the remaining 25 sketchbooks, rough, unfinished, and freaky paintings, hundreds of weird freaky paintings, abstracts, and various mixed-media crap. Can you imagine a 600-page Art of Sam Keith book? No. I'm starting to vibrate just thinking about it. Mm Mm-hmm. It's pretty wacky. And the third uh, thing in the cycle is, uh, ev- he says, an even bigger book containing the uh, uh, trout cosmology stuff. All the raw ideas that, that have been tumbling around in my head for over 40 years coming together in one big smelly heap. Amazing. The stuff from Oho uh, and the Bimbo graphic novels, even bigger than 600 pages. It's going to be like the Sam Keith decade if he gets this stuff out. That's huge. That is huge. And, and if if you're not familiar with Sam Keith's work, peruse one of these Ooh. sketchbooks, and I guarantee you that you will either walk away with both of them or hunt down everything he's ever done because the man... Jesus, read, read the Max. Yes, read the Max. Uh, even pick up the, the Wolverine stuff he did for the Marvel Comics Presents. That's great stuff. He just, Sam, he just, did, a, he just did a really nice uh, Batman story. He uh, did. He back. did. I agree. It was really, really cool. Really nice. R- written by the the uh, Ian from Anthrax, right? Was that one? No, that was Lobo. Scott Ian. Oh, yeah, really? That was the Lobo story, the Batman Confidential. I think that was written by. Yes, I think you're right. Sam Keith. Okay. Yeah, that yes. was. Yeah, you know, I've never, never, never met him. Never seen him at a at a show. Uh, I met him. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be able to. Uh, I don't know what he looks like. Either. Does, yep. does Does he get out and about? Does he end up at, at comic shows? I, I've just never seen him on a guest oh, list. Jeez, it's been about twenty years since I've been in his yeah. presence. Salivating. Gotta, lo- I gotta but, yeah. love his stuff. Yeah. Lo- love his stuff. He's deceptive though, because he, he he's he possesses the the talent to do incredibly detailed work, and a lot of times he backpedals and does something completely unexpected and i think that's why he does not fit the image mold as as he was once associated with those dudes because they render their shit out of stuff and sam can do that too but he then he's also able to do these gestural works and just very fast cartooning and and abstract paint he's fantastic yeah i mean he he really does fall into the into the fine artist comic artist Mold. Every, I mean, the, every the, bit he, as he, good as Sinkevich. Uh, yeah, he is. Uh, he is a phenomenal illustrator, and yeah, definitely in the uh, in the Sinkevich school. Um, 
yeah, you know, this key there there's such um a gritty realness to his stuff. I mean, it's 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 a really emotional style. I mean, it's it, he lays it all out there. I love Sam Keith. But it's a, it's a, it's a realism that's pulled from a universe we only see in his work. That's yeah, it, it, what it's, I love it's, about it's, it. it. Yeah, it's an emotional realism. You know, yeah. I, I'm making up terms now. I, I um, like it. I'm, yeah, I mean, it, the yeah, there's a lot, a lot of emotion that he throws on the page, and it's it's very, very gritty, very gritty, beautiful stuff. Wood, you're quiet. You a fan of Keith? I am. Yes, I'm just sitting here listening because I haven't seen the sketchbook, but the first one was pretty, pretty damn cool, and I would have probably picked it up had you not gushed about it the first time. But uh, yeah. and amazingly yeah, dude, I mean, affordable uh, too. Nine ninety nine. Yeah. Just, just like the first one. Yeah, I'd like to see him do more. I mean, because like the the Lobo thing he did recently wasn't. I'm not a huge Lobo fan, so I mean I, I don't dislike Lobo too much, but it's not like I'll run out and pick something up. So I, I was sort of I didn't pick it up. I mean I almost did because of him, but uh, I'd love for him to do. Uh, he'd be cool to do. do so I'd love to see him do a you know. Uh, I don't know. We'll be like see him do a Phantom X story. That'd be dope. <laughs> it's it's good for him that he can get the jobs like the Batman Lobo and the the Batman yeah. Prestige books that pay the bills, affording him yeah. the ability to do the bimbos. Which is uh, like, you know, way left field. He he's done he's done Batman. I'd I would love to see him do Daredevil. Um, I'd love to see him tackle like the Marvel monsters, like a werewolf by night by Sam oh. Keith would be oh. would be oh. so awesome. Yeah. Would man so thing, awesome. give him the man thing. Oh man thing. Yeah. Uh, I uh, uh, we mentioned Sinkevich. I I actually uh, uh, met him for the first time this past weekend and got oh. him to uh, to sign my. Uh, um, Electra, um, Omnibus. I love that's one of my favorite on the Omnibu because it, the uh, the, mm. the trade dress is so nice on that one. Yep, yep, absolutely. So I I have one that is signed by by Sinkevich, which is pretty cool. Wow. So I told I told him that, that was uh, and this is a true story. Probably the first comic I I can recall reading that I was like. My mom and dad probably wouldn't approve of me reading this comic book. And he looked at me with this kind of Cheshire grin and said, you know, that's how we want them all to be. And, nice. uh, that's right. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was cool meeting him. Uh, he's a very, very, very nice guy. And, uh, um, I had him sign uh, the Electra Omnibus and one of my, uh, Marvel, Marvel preview Moon Knight black and white magazines and he looked at that and it was, you could see he's like "Ooh, look at that because <laughs> it was it there's a little age on that magazine so yeah have you guys ever gone up to a an artist at a convention and given them something or been present with someone else did presented them something with rather than a nostalgic look like oh they really are a fan because it's something deeper they were like oh my god like what are you doing bringing this to me <laughs> yeah uh uh Maybe what um, I was standing next to uh, to Don Kramer, who's a, who's mm -hmm. a Chicago guy, and Don's uh, drawn Wonder Woman these days, and it was someone that that had I think the first comic he had ever done, and you can tell he was just like, "Ooh, where'd you get this?" and uh, um, that that was kind of that was kind of funny. But uh, Jay, has that ever happened to you, Jason? 
It has not. I've seen it happen a few times where I've been standing at a booth and someone will bring up something, uh, you know, and, pe- and you could just tell, like, they're like, oh, my God, like, almost, you know, and they'll make the, but also I think sometimes it's artists because artists are such such often their, their own worst critics. So oh, if you sure. bring them up something from their early work, it was like, oh, I don't even want to see this, you know, but meanwhile, it's awesome more than likely, yeah, more than likely but. Uh, David, didn't yeah. Tex do that when you gave him the Cyclops thing? <laughs> no, I think he did. First, second, third, fourth, or fifth time he went up. Yeah. <laughs> was it David, uncomfortable for me or for Tex? <laughs> I don't think Tex scared. There's a there's a Tex book in this uh, month's previews, uh, the Art of oh, yeah. Tex era. Yeah, uh, b- Babes in something. Oh, uh, is that the yeah. one that he had for sale at? Uh, at the I don't convention? know, but there's a there's a Tex book in there. Maybe it is. Is he actually making like other books these days? Is he? Yeah, I just saw somewhere I, I where he's, he's doing. Wo- he's doing some. Is it, is it for Warcraft or something? He's doing an um, an online strip for for one of the um, yeah, for one of the video games. Yeah, oh. saw him this weekend as well. The Michael Golden. So you went to the Wizard I, I World the thing? Show, didn't yeah, you? how was it, Chris? Uh, mm. Mm. It. Um, <laughs> it's not going to have any. Uh, n- no podcasts are going to spawn from. From this past weekend's festival? No, you know it, it was it was really weird, and um, and I mean that in that. the in the best and worst ways possible. Um, w- Wizard World Chicago, as we knew it, like three years ago, or especially like five years ago, that show that show is dead. That that show doesn't exist anymore. Um, it's not it's not a hardcore comic book fan show anymore. It's not it's not a show that, you know, I me being in Chicago, I would even think about spending the entire weekend out there. Um for me it was I went out there for like four hours on Saturday and walked around and that was that was fine. I, I saw saw what I wanted to and and was able to get out of there. Uh the it's not my kind of show, but it's that doesn't mean it's a bad show. Okay, um, you know I'm it's I, I'm pretty much on the record as not being a big Garib Sheamus fan, not being a big fan of Wizard Magazine or their shows, but that's it's just because it's not my taste. This, I, in a lot of ways, you know, may harken back to the early early comic book convention days. I mean, it was a it was a comic book, a lot of comic book retailers. It was the Artist Alley had some pretty good guests. Um, probably ten or twelve people that I actually knew their name. Um, the other hundred or so were unknowns that were just out there pitching their wares, and that did nothing wrong with that. But um, it's not what I go to a comic book convention for. Um, I want to go because I want to, you know, I want to meet and see and talk with the creators that that write and draw my favorite books, and that wasn't really at this show there was you know a few of those people but but not a ton um and it was an autograph show i mean it really really focused on the pop culture and you know b c d and e list media folks out there so i mean it really was a comic retailer and autograph show is that a bad thing no there's i think there's there's a there's a place in the world for that but um I'm I'm really glad that C2E2 will be back next year. Um, I like walking around a con floor with carpet. You know, it's oh, my yeah. feet. My feet really fucking hurt after after <laughs> four hours of this. And um, but I tell you what, there were a lot of people there. I mean, having 
the say what you will about about the 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 B and C list media guest. I had people mm-hmm. talking to me about it at work the week beforehand. Um, they they packed people in at that and there's I mean there there really is something about putting a bunch of media guests in there and it you know we're we are hardcore comic book fans um and I was I was talking to a couple of friends it's like having Ramon Perez at a comic book show is a big draw for me because I love Ramon's work mm-hmm. that is not going to get the the average Joe off the street excited you know Brent's Spiner, you know, you get data at a show, that gets people excited. Um, fucking Mike, T- the guy who played Mike TV in the original Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory oh was, at the, no was set up at the show. Yes. Oh, um, oh um, wow. How Richard old is Renner, he now? I have no idea. Um, uh, Rick, you know, what I was mentioning Shaft, Richard Roundtree was there, which was cool for me because I know he's a Southern grad, and you know, shit, it's Shaft, you know, it's exactly. You, it was cool to just Shut be able mouth. to walk up to, to Richard. Just nice. Uh, um, you know, Xander and and Spike from Buffy were there, and that's pretty cool. Uh, I'd be into that. Yeah, you See, I never. I wouldn't. I wouldn't get to pay money for their autographs, but it'd be cool to meet them. Yeah, you know, the, and that's the thing that I don't know if a lot of the people that come to this understand. It's like you're paying thirty dollars to get into yeah. the show. Oh, and if you want, um, you know, Linda Hamilton's autograph, that's going to cost you not just the twenty-five or thirty bucks, but yeah, you got to buy the ten-dollar picture, you know, and that kind of yeah. stuff. So you're dropping fifty, sixty dollars for an autograph. Now I talked to a few retailers, and they said they did okay, maybe not great, but okay. You know, paid for their booth space and made a little cash, but um, you know, it's a very odd. It, it it felt like the world's largest comic book flea market, and nice. it's. If you like, Mike's loving it. He's like, I'm yeah, not going to Cito yeah. Cito's. I'm going to Wizard World. Yeah. You know, Vince, you would have been happier than a pig in shit at this thing. It was great. To, you know, five dollar trades and hardcovers galore. Tons of dollar back issues. I heard on Sunday they were like ten issues for a dollar. A lot of people had had wow. discount too. So yeah, I mean, this was a a retailer show. It was a lot of great deals and that kind of stuff. But for me, you know, for my taste, I can't wait to get to New York to go to the the New York Comic Con because I think that is really a comic book show that still has good retailers. And I'm going to get like the 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 primo comic book guests there you know i feel like most of the books that i read and a lot of historical guys that that are going to be there the wizard world show it's just a different show it's more of a it's more of a retail or an autograph show nothing wrong with that no. maybe not maybe not my taste but um there there's a place in the world for that was charisma carpenter there Oh no, no! Mm. Um, <laughs> delicious. Smack no, I'm, I'm trying to think of uh, of the Bettys that would have been there. Um, Suicide Girls, right? I don't think so. Oh, uh, um, yeah. That's you know, sucks. I'm not. I'm not. You know, Linda Hamilton. You know, yeah. get, get your Terminator on. A little uh, too mannish for me. Yeah. 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 But you know, Hamilton, Steven Tyler. What's the difference? <laughs> oh, ouch. what would you guys do? Uh, I was, um, you know, Star Wars Celebration was also this past weekend, yeah, or the before, and um, mm-hmm. 
uh, Brian Deemer went to it. I was listening to him talk about it, and I have to say, he told a funny story about Carrie Fisher was obviously there, you know, and and of course she's got to be one of the main draws at this thing, right? Because sure. Leia, so people, I don't know what they charge. I got at celebration. I got to figure people like her and Mark Hamill must charge what like seventy five bucks, a hundred bucks for her signature, oh, or whatever. Gotcha. Yeah, sure. But he was saying that there was there was a thing where she, where uh, she some dude like it was a huge line. Some dude went up to her and had like a print that he had bought of her, you know, like Slave Leia or something. But it was like clearly he was like really like into it but he was like telling her before as he was putting it down like listen i i need you just sign just your name don't don't write anything else just put your name right here and he's like pointing to a spot so clearly like oh, you know the guy was, he's he was sell like, this. yeah and he was like looking for the ideal spot where and so so i guess because she's like you know carrie fisher and doesn't give a fuck she <laughs> she took a big black marker and wrote in huge letters across the whole thing below me <laughs> Wow! Isn't that awesome, dude? Oh, good for her. And the guy was like irate and livid because he paid all this money for it. And but she was, but I was like, that is hilarious. I love that. That Good for her. That's awesome. Have you guys ever paid for an autograph? Like to do that? I know. You know? Yeah, I paid. I paid fifty-five bucks for uh, Ozzy Smith's autograph uh, in Cooperstown. Okay, yeah, you know it's it's weird because I don't, that, dude. It's I love wizard. Mark at the Moon. That's awesome. I, sure. <laughs> I can't uh, I can't besmirch anyone's choice to do that because obviously I spend stupid amounts of money on stupid shit. So everyone's got their own version of stupid shit. But I just it does fascinate me only because for as interested in in like comics and collectibles as I am, I, I just am mystified by the appeal of spending like fifty dollars to have a picture of someone that was like famous. <sighs> 25 years ago and doesn't even look the way they looked when you were into them like i don't it like, fascinates me well, I don't, like a movie movie star tv star that doesn't do it for me i don't think i would ever pay for an autograph and i'm trying to think of like you know sure like a jack kirby or will eisner now i would be like yeah i would pay for that autograph because they're not with us anymore but is there a comic book creator out there that you would say wait in line and pay you know, ten to, you know, we'll say fifty dollars for an autograph from. No, not really. Like I would, I have done in the past, like with uh, like Dick Giordano and a couple of the old timers. I have bought their sketchbooks to get and gotten the autograph in it. Not necessarily because I wanted the autograph, but because it, you know they're old timers and legends, and who knows the next time if you're ever going to get a chance to meet them again. And that gives you a chance to say hello. And although you didn't have to buy a sketchbook or get their autograph to say hello, it just seemed like the right thing to do because you're supporting them. And, and you know, they're not exactly, you know, um, living the high life, but never with the intent of just purely having someone's signature. Right. I, I would, I would probably, I would, I would pay like a nominal fee for, I'm, I'm saying like 10 bucks for yeah. like Steranko, maybe Ramita Sr., um, if it's done like you guys did with Gene, with the you get an autograph yeah, if you yeah, donate yeah, yeah, yeah. to the to actor sure. or hero or whatever, right? Exactly, or yeah, like that's they do cool. with the hero. Yeah, I'll do booth. that. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. And if if it's a matter of uh, medical expenses, like for say uh, Cockrum back in the uh, a couple of years right, ago when he was right, sure. he was really desperate, yeah, by all means. But I I'm of the the opinion that you support these guys by buying their work. Yeah. Dude, I tell you, that was the only. I actually escaped Wizard without spending any money this weekend, wow. but I I almost got. I mean, I didn't spend a fucking red penny there. But wow, uh, 
No, not 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 a dime. It they was, don't take uh, the red pennies though. The red they, pennies. They give them back. Um, <laughs> I almost got I almost got caught on my way out. On my seriously, on my way out of the show to hop on the train, there was there were two art dealers like side by side, and one guy was so amazingly overpriced. I mean, it was pages. I didn't see a page under like like two hundred and seventy five dollars for pages that were not that not that great. I mean, there were some <clears throat> yeah, there were some like John Buscema stuff in there, but not. Not great pages like Conan pages, and Conan wasn't even on the page, and it wasn't a great page, and they were going for like two seventy five, three twenty five, yeah, no. and I'm like, no, mm-hmm. no. If I if I'm gonna buy a, a John Buscema Conan page, it's Conan is gonna be on the page, and it's gonna be like under two hundred dollars ish. Um, but then I went to the table next door. And they had like books and books and books of stuff. And there were some really, um, I'd say like middle of the road, not terrible, but not great Gene Colon pages from Daredevil and some, uh, some Tomb of Dracula stuff. And you know, the Tomb of Dracula can be some pretty nondescript pages, you know, not Dracula on the page and that kind of stuff. But, you know, still some nice Gene Colon pages for like, Seventy dollars, eighty-five dollars. Oh, are you serious? Yeah, yeah. Gene touched Shoot. the page, and you sh- yeah, for seventy bucks. I'd be walking out with a, oh, well, a couple yeah, of them. Yeah. So I, so I, so I passed up some, some nice but not phenomenal Gene Cole. Who was the dealer, Chris? Oh gosh, um, I've got the card around here. I'll, I'll let you know. Um, I'll have to dig it out. But uh, sure. um, yeah, it was yeah, some some some. Decent, decent Gene Colon stuff for for under hundred bucks. So you know, and and, and and looking through, I sort of you know, Gene was a pretty he was a pretty prolific artist. He yeah. worked on a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, You're so there kidding. there are a lot of pages out there. Vince, I saw something that I I almost called you. There was a guy uh, that that had always uh, a bridesmaid. Some <laughs> um, fourth world bridesmaids um, get laid. Um, the the. Uh, <laughs> The, the color, the hand-colored... Oh, the color um, guides. Color guides. Yeah. Um, fourth World Color Guides, but autographed by Kirby. Oh, come on, Chris. Jesus. He's <laughs> 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 just punching Vince in the taint right now. You did. You're, it's like I'm like a heavy bag. <laughs> How much? Just wait. Do I want to know? Four, four color guides. You know, it was four up on on a sheet um, for 100 bucks. Oh, <laughs> wow! I can and see then there were you didn't want to bother calling him. And then there were three. <laughs> you're, you're, yeah. you're done. You're done. Yeah, I got the guy's card. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! Vince <laughs> is dying over awesome. here. Uh, yeah, so I, I thought uh, about you as soon as I saw it. So. That's awesome. Still it's doesn't do me any good, did it? <laughs> <laughs> I should have. Thank, thank you for thinking of me. I should have called you. I should have called okay. you. I'm sorry. So, I would have wired so you funny. something or, or yeah. Good. Uh, can oh, we move I got, on? I don't want to think about it anymore. Yeah, I have to give a shout out because it's. Uh, we'll segue into since it's, we're talking about original art. Mm-hmm. Uh, while I was on vacation, uh, a certain eleven o'clock favorite artist of ours uh, emailed me, said hello. And said, uh, "I believe this is something we talked about some time ago." 
And I was like, oh, yeah. And I clicked on it. And it was like the skies opened up <laughs> and like the, the 1990 <laughs> version of Chasey Lane like came down <laughs> the wing. The clean Chasey Lane. While I was like laying in the middle of the pool in the Bahamas. Uh, Mr. Jim Rugg oh, cool. did a commission for me. Oh, and it is available. I put a link in our in our forums. Uh, the thread is uh, I heart Jim Rugg, but uh, it's a it is a picture with uh, aphrodisiac on the right hand side in the background, like full like taking up the full page with like his Kobe name like and logo, and then in the center of the page, like he's looking down at a uh, a girl fight, and it's Domino versus Blink in a fisticuffs hair pulling fisticuffs cat it's fight. Beautiful. And yeah. It is just. Oh, it's just wonderful. It is where's so the, where's amazing. Where's the thread at? Where's the thread? Um, well, it's uh it's the thread is I heart Jim Rogue. Um I don't, I'll, I'll bump it now. I'll just I'll just bump it, but you bump uh, it and PM me how much you paid for that. <laughs> and, and you can find this thread at bullpenbulletinspodcast.com forward slash forum. That's where we live. Oh yeah. And, uh, so if, Jim, if, thank thank you so much. It is amazing. It's uh it's it's just gorgeous and uh yeah. and uh you demand. Can't wait to see you soon and uh and shake oh. your hand. He I is the a, man. I, and I he wait, 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 wait. Wait, wait, wait. He is he is the man. He is the man. And if you bought Pood number one because of Jim Rugg, I have it. Ch- check out your previews this month because Pood number two is solicited with yeah. more more Jim Rugg work, among others. So buy that Pood. On to you, Chris. Um, I, I was going to say I got to buy it again because I I gave away my copy again. So you gave your your copy of Aphrodisiac away? I, I, no, of of Street Angel. Oh, I keep you, giving you that away. Nice. Oh, dude, that's sweet. That's awesome, dude. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. Come on, PM me. How much you pay for that? <laughs> all right, PM me. We got to talk about comics here. This is the thing we do. The, Who wants to go first? You do. No, I don't, David. What I is? What too. have you read that, that you'd first. like to share with us? Well, you know what? Chris is <sighs> checking shit out. I'm going to go first. Did I go. say that? Yeah, you did. <laughs> the wise app. This hardcover book that I have in my hand is two great tastes that go great together. It's like the Reese's peanut butter cup of graphic novels. It was published by Novel Graphics and Hill and Wang. Go ahead. I said Wang, Hill and Wang. Uh, the majority of the book was written by the late, great progenitor of the autobiographical comic, Mr. Harvey P. Carr. It is, it is called The Beats, A Graphic History. And it is an examination by Mr. P. Carr et al. of the Beat Generation poets and writers, Ginsburg, Kerouac, Burroughs, and many more. Now, I'm a sucker for the Beat Poets. I I love everything about them. William Burroughs is probably my favorite author. So when I saw this on the shelf, I just had to get it. These gentlemen uh, were writing at a time where early 50s, the it, the uh population and the censors and the those in positions of power were not too liberal with what was published there were very strict standards in of decency in quotes and the beat poets broke them all they 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 took a scalpel to the word and uh spread it wide ripped that essence from that gooey mass and shoved it 
right in the face of their readers because uh, it, William Burroughs particularly, he, he believed that language was a virus. I'm sure you heard that. Uh, one to which he felt that humanity had become immune. We, we had unlearned the meaning of words. We forgot what these words meant. And he and the rest of the Beats wanted to teach us what we had forgotten. Those words, those those little little joined letters of power that a lot of people just overlook as commonplace. They wanted to inject the meaning back into them, and and they they did. There was they rebelled against a lot of stuff of of sexual mores, and they rebelled against some would say good taste and restrictions on everything from religion to personal freedom. They wrote about it. Uh, this book uh, focuses on the big beats, the, the top three, Burroughs, Ginsburg, and Kerouac. And, and like Brian Geisen said, nothing is true, everything is permitted. That's how these guys lived. They, they pushed the limits of everything. Sexuality, the, the top three were um, homosexuals. Among other things, even though Kerouac would be, would be would be would be would be loath to admit it, uh, and there's an awesome. Well, I would my, say he was bisexual because he was, but much. I mean, you Except you Kerouac take a dick. I share a share a birthday, by the way. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. I feel bad for him. Uh, Jesus. Th th <laughs> there's one panel in particular. I can't you can't. Really? Really? I'm pa <laughs> there's Seriously? A panel I'm gonna step all over you now. That's okay. There's a panel that sums up the book entirely for, for me, and it's uh, Kerouac is naked, sitting on the side of the bed in this rundown hovel. There's a nightstand by him with a glass with stuff all spilled all over. Just the wall is crumbling, and Ginsburg is, is on his hands and knees in front of him. Looking up at him like he's the Ark of the Covenant, like there's this majestic <laughs> God in front. And, and Kerouac says, the blowee is heterosexual. The blower is homosexual. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's fantastic. And it, it, it delves into the, the lives of the, the big beats, but in a way where it, uh, Harvey shows that how interconnected the three were. Where, uh, to the point where he repeats certain instances, but from a slightly different viewpoint based on who he's, the, the life of, of the, uh, writer whom he's detailing at the time. Like, for instance, uh, they talk, uh, he talks about naked lunch. And when, when he does it from the Ginsburg perspective, he shows that, uh, the title Naked Lunch came about in an odd way. When Burroughs was living around Columbia with Kerouac and Ginsburg, he wrote short plays or routines in which the apartment dwellers performed. One day, Ginsburg misread Naked Lust as Naked Lunch. Kerouac jumped on Naked Lunch as a novel title. Burroughs said he'd remember it, and he did. And it was actually Ginsburg that gathered up all of the, uh, I guess, Burroughs' hand had handwritten Naked Lunch in a fury. He just um, was on one of his drug binges and would all the words and, and the ideas were flowing from him at a manic pace where he would handwrite it and just fling the pages into the air. And when, when Ginsburg encountered him, he gathered up all the pages and 
put them in some kind of logical order. And it was also Ginsburg that typed it up because obviously a publisher is not going to take handwritten manuscripts. So it shows just how instrumental Ginsburg was to Naked Lunch and how instrumental Kerouac was to Ginsburg's, I would say, his most famous poem, Howl. Ginsburg, uh, Kerouac was a lot of the inspiration for that. And just this cross-pollination that the big three had, uh, uh, Harvey just eats it up and goes into amazing detail. If you know absolutely nothing about the Beat Poets, this is the book for you. Because, like I said, in a way, there are some passages that are all almost redundant because he explores them with uh, other writers. But it, I think that does a service to the reader where you can draw parallels. You can connect the dots. You can see where the stories overlap and what they meant to each other. And this this is my favorite period in literary history. I don't think, like the 60s for music, it, it was a, an, an era of extremely rapid growth and exploration and experimentation and just playing around with with art forms that were were previously either ignored or ghettoized like yeah. a lot well, don't, of don't, don't discount the music of the period because that's know, what well, i was just going to say well well you know popular music in the 60s in, in in the form of rock and roll was you know obviously everything that, that that we know about it but but with the beat poets what was going on with jazz you know leaving world war ii was was, right was beyond was beyond what experimental had been up into the time right it's Car- had encountered Dizzy Gillespie and Monk oh, yeah. and Charlie yeah. Parker and just the way those musicians would phrase their musical statements, the the, the scattershot oh, yeah. just outpouring of, of ideas in, in these these extended musical passages. Kerouac said, I can maybe apply that to my writing and punctuation be damned and and uh That's spelling true. and and and, and sure. paragraph you know grammar out the window it, what was important to these these writers was the idea and and harvey gets into that in this book yeah. oh uh, be- bebop bebop and post-bop music yes. and and beat poets i mean that stuff is 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 not just connected it's it's intrinsic with each other i mean it's yep. it's the the stuff is 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 so intertwined and uh, you know you mentioned dizzy gillespie i think i think he's a guy that you know a lot of people in our generation look at as being um this um very cartoonish guy with the big cheeks mm-hmm. um man as, as i've kind of um tried to tried to go back and learn about um 50s era jazz gillespie is a fucking giant in you jazz bet. Yes. God is Monk. he a giant, amazing. Yep. So Monk too. Uh, oh God, um, Monk is no Monk's not a giant. Monk is Monk is a a god. So this is a this is a Picard drawn, written. Uh, Picard did Picard didn't draw. Picard wrote the majority or, I mean, it, of it. it. It's a graphic novel. I'm saying. Y- yes, it's it's a graphic novel slash history. Um, so is it sometimes it's more like so the other pictures with like descript like uh, what part of it what what percentage would you say is prose versus oh it's all comics yeah it's 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 all it it's all comics but it's it's not uh, doesn't conform to a story it's more of a uh not going to call it dry it's like a clinical look at the beats but filtered through 
Harvey Picard, the stuff that he thought was important. So sort of like a um, action philosophers for the beats. Kind of, thing? kind of, yeah, yeah, right. That that's mm -hmm. that's a good way to describe it. Okay. And um, occasionally Harvey will pop up within the narrative too, which is really neat. Uh -huh. uh, during cool. the you know he'll, he'll just to put his his little spin on something, and it's usually dry like Harvey was. Like he'll say, "Yeah, that was great," and then he'll move on and and detail <laughs> more of the life of Ginsburg. But to get back to the music. There was almost, uh, it's almost a Mobius strip. The jazz influenced the beats, but then the beats in turn influenced the punk movement, like with Patti Smith and Wayne sure. Burroughs sure. and uh, Ginsburg and The Clash and Joe Strummer. Ginsburg, uh, anybody here, Combat Rock? Breaking up That's a little a bit now. Yeah, yeah, you're all, you're all, you're all futzing up. But, um, yeah, yeah, no, I'll, I'll absolutely echo you on that, that, um, the, um, the the raw creativity of of the seventies punk scene was you know directly connected to the 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 fifties fifties uh, jazz scene in in just how experimental and and counterculture it was. Is that where you were going, Vince? Yes. Yes. All right. <laughs> well, Vince, I could I could uh, I could. Uh hug and kiss you because I I, uh, I I did not know you were a big fan of those guys and uh, I'm not uh, I'm not a huge poetry fan but I, but I love Kerouac I've read, I've read just about everything are you are you a fan of On the Road On the Road sure yeah although my my favorite book by his by far and away which I've read it many times is Dharma Bums that, that's my okay. favorite book, but. what what there was there, either a literary critic or or another another writer of the time that uh you know someone had had, had said that uh, had mentioned uh, the time it took Kerouac to write on the road and um it I did, forget how did. many like, literally, literally hours that it took him to to write that and uh and they said that that's not right that's typing no am I okay no eh, nah. not yet good enough well i mean on the road chronicled um like a five-year period, but it wasn't published for five or six years until after the period was over. Wood speaks so. the truth. Yes, yeah. Wood. That's exactly yeah. why he couldn't find a publisher uh, yeah. for that would take it. And it, uh, Picar goes into the inspiration for uh, Dean Moriarty yeah. was uh, Kerouac's friend Neil Cassidy, and yeah. He, yeah, yeah. he he was important to all three of the big beats. He he was instrumental in in uh, obviously Kerouac's book, but he was also beloved by Ginsburg. Ginsburg loved him and cried like a baby when he died. And and Burroughs again had the connection from with Neil Cassidy from Joan Vollmer, uh, Burroughs's wife. You know the story about that, right? Uh, Burroughs and his wife were drunk off their asses, and uh, Bill decided to practice a little target shooting. Uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Put a put a a, a water glass on his wife's head, and the, and unfortunately, yeah, blew her brains out. Yeah, and, didn't didn't yeah. hit the glass. Does that show up in Naked Lunch? It's it's in there in in a in a manner. Part, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, well, the um, Dharma Bones is the first time I ever really knew anything, even like the concept of Buddhism. Like I had never even really. I didn't even. I mean, I knew I'd heard of the term, but I knew nothing about Buddhism until mm -hmm. I read the Dharma Bums. And yes. uh, um, it uh, it's fascinating. I mean, it's uh, the reason I like that the most is because it's. I mean, it, it like it, it's obviously based on him as well. Although you know, Ray Smith is his character in the book, but but uh, but it's just fascinating because he 
he just weaves in and out in that way that he writes that, you know, he weaves in and out between like living that life of just being, you know, the jazz hipster and, you know, just, just, just partying and banging anything he can. And then he goes into these periods of like deep, deep, uh, like just transcendental meditation. And like, he spends pages talking about like the glories of like a little bit of grains and water as a meal, you know, and how it sustains him. It's just like, it's just fascinating to think that a person can be like so overwhelmed by like the, um, like the, the the pure pleasures of like of uh, of of like you know the uh, like the decadent young like like lifestyle that he lived, and then at the same point in time like have just as much an appreciation for like the most minimal lifestyle existence. And he like would like go in and out of them. It's just fascinating. I mean, I, I just uh, cool. yeah, he's he's a fascinating dude. I I, I think uh, he's right up there in that mythical list of people you'd love to have had a chance to spend time with. Yeah. You know, hell yeah, 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 absolutely. yeah. You know, pick four people to have dinner with, mm-hmm. kind of. Yeah. Guy. But uh, uh, the the book is very content heavy. It's mm-hmm. it's like a treatise on the beats, which is so welcome in my life. I I love these guys. Uh, it go Picar goes into uh, Ginsburg and his his longtime lover Peter Orlovsky, uh, his lobotomized and later institutionalized, for which he hated his father. Uh, his mother Naomi. Uh, you get Kerouac's baby brother who died before the age of ten. Uh, Bill Burroughs and his uh, penchant for young boys is in here. His time, yeah. his, you know, his time as an exterminator. His his uh, Satori in Tangiers. It, it it goes into their yep. sexual appetites, their writing styles, what influenced them, who they influenced, how they cross pollinated. It, it's a fantastic book. I cannot recommend it highly. In addition to the big the big beats, you you get uh, article. Uh, Comics on Michael McClure, Philip Whalen, Robert Duncan, Lawrence Ferlinghetti, Gregory Corso, Charles Olson. I mean, it's a 200-page book. There's a lot wow. of, of content in here. It's, it's hardcover, too. Retails for 22 bucks. You can't beat it. Can't beat it. You wow. cannot beat it. Gary Snyder. Uh, it goes into the beatnik chicks, the wives and the lovers of these these famous writers. Uh, jazz and poetry. It, it's fantastic. Black and white. Uh, the majority is drawn by Ed Piscor, or Piscor, who is yeah. a, a stylistic cousin to, uh, Eight Balls Dan Klaus. If, if you, oh. yes, if you like Dan Klaus, you will be right at home with, with Ed's work. It's, it's very well done. Very, the, his, his characters of the people are not dead on, but I wouldn't expect them to be. Yeah. Yeah. Is it is it still weird thinking that that P car's gone? It is. Yeah. It's it's very I mean, weird. It, it's like he was always there, you know? Right. And, and and I was thinking about it as I was reading this. Very few comic creators ever penetrated the uh pop culture membrane like Harvey. Very Harvey, few. Harvey Harvey did. Yeah. Because of the frequent Letterman appearances and the amazing Splendor movie. But I, I would say P car um, Spiegelman and Crumb, Crumb. and Crumb, yeah, that's about it. Yeah. They're, they're the the biggies. You can't even but, put. But 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 Picar and Crumb are kind of connected, right? They, know, they, in, a, they in, a, in a lot of ways. Theirs is a shared fame, right? They, yeah. they they're symbiotic. They fed off each other, and and Schultz, well, they should. I guess you know. And once you get into you know strips and that yeah, kind of stuff, right? But, um, but, but yeah. I don't think even Alan Moore can boast the kind no, of, no, the kind no. of more, penetration. More, 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 more people know who Harvey Picard right. is than Alan Moore, which is which is which is crazy whenever you think that, you know, Alan Moore is the greatest yeah. writer that the medium's ever seen. So Yep. 
I would say, well, yeah, I would agree with you. I would say that it's one of those things that it's more about more people know the name Harvey Picar. I don't think more people know actually much about Picar or have have are familiar with his work as say Alan Moore. Well, I wouldn't discount the Letterman appearances. I mean, well, exactly. The, yeah. I, well, I think that's. I mean, I think the movie obviously and and the Letterman appearances have helped shape Picar into being much more of a pop culture icon. But I'm saying a lot of the people that know who Harvey Picar is have never read any of his works I or agree. even yeah, really. Yeah, 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 I agree. Sure, sure. Right. sure. You can probably say the same about Ginsburg and Kerouac. And uh, yeah, well, yeah, definitely. Honestly. I, I mean, honestly. Jason, yeah. you, you mentioned Buddhism. That's a big part of the book. And uh, Picard attributes a lot of the proliferation of Buddhism in the, the early 60s to Ginsburg. Gins- Ginsburg yeah, was yeah. A, a rabid traveler. He, he mm-hmm. just, and he uh, brought it back with him and it just spread like a, like that virus. Uh, so uh, Ginsburg is the man, according to Picard. I'm sure there yeah. was, I mean, Ram Das. There's a lot of different guys sure, sure. that, that, uh, and I, the, I be- the Beatles, you know. Uh, my my brother-in-law, my my uh, Beth's uh, brother is a Buddhist. Good for him. Mm. Yeah, I am at heart. He was actually an instructor at a Buddhist university in Colorado for a long time. Why did you now. laugh, he Chris? Was dude, yeah, I've yeah. Got, dude, I'm 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 staring at three Buddhas in my fucking house right now. All right, <laughs> that's not nice. I, 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 I probably <laughs> have more Buddhas in my house than any of you people. It's true. I, I don't know any. about that. I, I have I have a I have a Buddha chess set. So if you got oh, more than that, there you go. Bo- oh, okay. Bo- <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. We'll count. We'll count that as one. I can see. All I know is I can't go another minute of my life without hearing David talk about something that gives him pleasure. Really, David? You <laughs> oh, look at Jason with the segue. What are you talking about? Nice. Well, that's just reason I have anything to talk about this. Week. I've been loving this conversation. <laughs> oh, help with that. <laughs> I'm. I'm. Your 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 fans demand that we hear from the DAP. King DAP. Renee's asleep, so I don't know who's left. The uh, right here, this guy right here, uh, that guy right there. That's true. Hello, eleven o'clockers. This is Frankie the Billionaire. It's been a while, but I'm back, baby. I just wanted to let everyone know that they should read Wonder Woman issue six hundred, not for the story, and not for the art, which is great, but simply for the fact that I am in it. Just me. Me and my wife are in it. If you go to the JMS story where she's talking with the Oracle or someone, in the background in graffiti style, you see Frankie and Allegra and then a big inside of a big red heart. And that's me and my wife. Uh Don Kramer, the artist, is uh he does this by request. That was a very cool, great very great idea. Uh, he did this once for me in a detective comic. I forget what issue. Where he put my name on a tequila bottle. So that was just my little claim to fame. I just want to let everyone know that I am in the DC universe. And apparently I have no regard for property. And that's it. Peace. Love you guys. Way back uh, in the shadows. There he is. I see I, him. I, I uh... I got a contact high from from a comic book I read recently. Oh, wow. see, you're staying in the zone. Contact high. High times again. No, I I finished uh, Spider-Man Fever. Ooh. Oh. Frank and from this, Boston is gonna love it. Yeah, that's true. This is for you. Uh, it is so pretty because the colors are just insane, and and it co-stars Doctor Strange, so you know it's definitely probably. 
my eleven o'clock or across the board. Uh, it's right. uh, it it's the art is kind of did go in a way, but not. It's it's a little bit, I guess, heavier. Uh, it's it's not it's not Ditko wonky. There there's uh, it's just there's a different feel to it. But but just it is so hard. I mean, it's it's kind of like me trying to explain Sixth Gun. It's it's so out there. I mean, it, it really it's it's a fever dream that that Spider-Man is having, and his his soul is in Doctor Strange's hands, and he has to save. Spider-Man and and the creatures. I can't even really say characters, but but the the creatures and the insects that are in this world that Spider-Man is in are just, just insane. But it is it it's. I don't want to. Well, the 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 cover says parental advisory. There's 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 no swears. There's no there's nothing graphic. It's just it's a little out there. I don't know how many kids are really going to get much out of it other than that it's it's spider-man talking to like talking insects at times um but it it's something that i i really enjoyed reading and it's something i will reread i am glad i didn't wait for i'm I'm bummed that it's only going to be a trade at first but i'm glad i didn't wait for a collection because it's it's three issues it's not quick because it's it's um it's dense, both in in the artwork and in in trying to decipher what characters are saying and and why they're saying these things. And and there's definitely some things going on that I didn't pick up on, uh, probably because of my sheltered life. But it it's just <laughs> it it it's something that I recommend if you're a Spider-Man fan, if if you're a Doctor Strange fan, because a lot of it, I think. Doctor Strange really does fit in this story just because of the mysticism that that's going on in it. It it's fitting for both of them. It's it's a Marvel team up, basically. Mm-hmm. And you I can't go I, wrong with that. No, you can't. But I'm I am um, I feel better. My life is richer for for reading it. Honestly, I, it, it's it's one of it's one of those things that I'm just going to think about. And you know, when someone says. And what are your top five Spider-Man stories? Or really? Yeah, huh? it, it, it's it's not. I mean, there would probably have to be qualifiers. But if if you know if if I threw out like oh, don't death waffle. Or, no, but if if like you know, the death of Gene DeWolf and nothing can stop the Juggernaut and the kid who collects Spider-Man and it's Spider-Man Fever. And I mean, it it's a hell of a lot better than Spider-Man Rain. Oh, and it's I've I haven't started that yet. <laughs> Oh, uh, <laughs> it may be. It may be a hell of a lot better, especially maybe the Kusada art, as far as Vince is concerned. The, <laughs> the um, no, seriously. If when when I know it's it was solicited in in the collection. I'm I'm sure a few people have ordered it. I I think it's great. I really do it. It's it's. I can't. You're going to have to read it for yourself, really, because it's not. It's really not cut and dry. Where I can obviously have to listen to my ramble. I, I can't simply say this is why I love it or this is why I think it's great it's just it's one of those things that I'm just happy to have it's all of the above but the the, the thing that kind of torqued me a little bit uh, was that they solicited the collected edition as a trade 
I don't think that's going to be available as in hardcover. Right. Which stinks. Yeah. Yeah, it does. I don't I don't know why that is unless it it has to do with accessibility maybe. I, I don't know. I mean they put everything and even the most unaccessible tripe they they hardcover it. Yes. Why would they not put this out in a hardcover? I, I, I mean, mean, it's Marvel it's, put fucking mm-hmm. anything in a hardcover. That, right. and exactly. That proves up. Why? Because I mean, it, even even Strange Tales. I don't. Um, well, to see, this is this is listed under Marvel Knights, and I'm pretty sure the Silver Surfer Requiem and Spider Man Reign. I, I I would imagine that they were released in hardcover. Before. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I it, it can't be, you know, because it's a Marvel Knights thing. I don't know if maybe they're just I don't maybe it's McCarthy. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's a shame. I mean, I'd love to see this in a nice hardcover. What a dust jacket. Uh Yes, you're right. Uh Seriously, I I don't know why. I I like to see it in a hardcover, but sadly I mean, I don't even know if it, if the trade is just the three issues, if they're throwing anything extra in. I, I don't know. But um, but I, I look forward to hearing others' thoughts. Other than Frank, because Frank we know loves it. Yes, but Frank, I, I, I Frank want, does. I want to hear from uh, from other people that have read it and uh, and have enjoyed it. I'm sure Matt Howell's waiting for the uh, for the trade because he seems to be going to trade on, on the Spidey stuff. But um, that is one thing that, that I've been really loving the past couple of months. Hmm. Cool. I'm definitely going to buy the collected edition. For, format be damned. Yes. That, that will yes, be mine. Yes, I'm here now. I, I, in this case, the story is important, not so much the packaging. Mm-hmm. It's true. I mean, let's get right down be. to it. The the packaging is never important. It's just the import we attribute yep. to it. So who well, I don't know. There there are some things where I I I read Godland in Celestial Edition, something like that. Oh. Uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> would it be the same if I read it in a trade? Yeah, but I'm glad I have it in that hardcover. Right yeah, now. boy, that's uh, I was so so happy to see the second one yeah, end up on my door uh, on my doorstep. <laughs> oh, I know. It, oh God, it looks so nice sitting in my brief in my briefcase, waiting to be oh, read. Nice. Oh, I can't. I cannot wait to dig into that thing. See, I buy the singles. Not like y'all. Oh man, the celestial editions are so nice. Right. Double dip. Yeah. Double dip. Dude, I bought the celestial edition based I, on your recommendations. So. Whose? Yours. Ooh. Back Ooh. When it was nice to hear home. Vince talking about uh Lock and Key finally getting on board. Yeah, it's great. Isn't that about damn time. Yep. Yeah. Did you guys see speaking him and, of- him and Spielberg both? <laughs> <laughs> Did you happen to see the Walking Dead trailer? Oh yes. my! Wow! You I'm know, pleased. Best show ever. You know, it, it's it's at night whenever you close your eyes and you're like, you know, if this if this really awesome comic book were ever to be a TV show, and this is what I want it to look like, and then you see it on your computer screen, and you're like, oh my god, they nailed it. Yeah. That I mean, th- th- it's like okay, these. The the scenes, the actual scenes from the comic book, to see them come to life like that, yep. I, you know, the the stuff in Atlanta, the stuff, you know, where you know the 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 one scene where where he's like, you know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, this happened to you, and and he, you know, the 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 female zombie with no legs and that kind of, it was like, this is absolutely perfect you can't that has always been such a cinematic book anyway and to see it done right 
and not just right, but perfect. Mm-hmm. As far as the preview is, I, I I got I had to do a little chair dance. It was awesome. I, yeah, I can't fathom how how it must feel like to in this case to be Kirkman. How excited he must be, right? Like, or, it's like or, Tony, or Tony. Yeah, you know, or, I mean, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, less. Well, I'm sure they he has some pride, but I mean, I don't know that. I mean, Tony was there for six issues. You know, he. I don't know that he. Well, he, I mean, he co- with Walking Dead that he does of say Fury Agent, right? I mean, I don't. Co- co-creator um, of the series, man. Yeah. Oh, I'm. So, I'm sure he's. Ha- I'm just saying, like, but that's a Kirkman. I mean, he's a Kirkman series, yeah. and I think Charlie Adler is pretty damn. Excited, oh, sure. I'm sure. sure. But, sure. but I mean, it's just like you know, I mean, we've heard a lot, and and lots of things get optioned, right? And and there, there've mm. been lots of of other comics, even greenlit theoretically or in development for series you know a couple of Bendis's things have theoretically been in the works and I think a couple of them still are like powers but you know they really haven't come to fruition and and I kind of because of that I, you know when this was announced like oh Walking Dead's been an option I'm thinking oh yeah it's cool it'll probably you know I'll, I'll believe it when I happened. see it but it's, it's yeah. finally happened and, and the cool thing about this is I really think this is a chance to be a humongous breakthrough hit because yeah. uh, not that my father is by any means an, an arbiter of, of what's going to be wildly popular but he is not a comic reader in any way shape or form um and we were chatting uh over the weekend and he brought up to me hey have you heard about this new zombie show that's coming out <laughs> and, awesome. uh, and, and you know i read or seen something about it and he was giddy about it and he's like it looks so cool and i said that's ah, it's one of my favorite comic books dad you know and he was just like oh i didn't know it was comic but the point is is you know i just uh it's just it's sort of shocking i mean because who would have thought that a a, a, a a TV show about zombies would be the one, like the comic crossover TV show hit, right? Like it's like, I mean, well, you know, on that same train of thought, whoever thought that that book was going to be not not just the indie darling, but that would be the book that you know reworked the way that we think about what a comic book can be capable of. That is the book that bucks all of the trends. You know, the, you in from terms of front, continuing to increase sales and yeah, yeah. From 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 a sales standpoint, and just I mean, Walking Dead. I you know we talk about it, but you know sometimes I, I think people take for granted what a fucking phenomenon that book is. It is. It is. Yeah. Now, I, David, I have a question for you about this. Now, you're on record as not being wildly blown away by Walking Dead of what you read of it, and uh, and haven't really felt compelled yet to. Uh, Give it another shot. So, does the does the show suffer from that? I mean, are you are you less enthused about the show, or are you curious about the show for what it's going to be on its own? Or uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I love it when my friends get to watch things that they did. No, it's, <laughs> oh, uh, fair no, enough. I, well played. No, I don't know. I haven't. Um, I haven't watched the trailer because I don't. I'll go watch it. It. I will. I will, just so that I can enjoy the conversations that's going on about it. I I don't know if it's something that I'll TiVo. I uh, I know Renee's not going to be interested, in, and there are more times than not where if so, we tend to watch things that we're both interested in. Rare. I mean, there's there might be a show or two on Food Network. I'm watching Rubicon. She really has no interest in it. Um, so there are a couple things that I'll watch. And the thing, for the most part, we watch things together. She's not going to be interested in The Walking Dead. Um, I probably will 
watch. Why, 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 why wouldn't just no interest in zombies or anything like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, same thing. I mean, Beth has no interest in watching. But the because uh, I don't know the 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 actors and actresses playing, but but the one image I saw, um, the sheriff, his name is Rick. Rick, yep. yeah, right. That's played by the guy that was in Love Actually. The yes. One. Okay. Uh-huh. Yep. Now that the scene where he walks away after talking, after showing the um, this his after um, explaining his love to Kira Knightley, and, and he walks away and he says, "Enough, enough now." That <laughs> brings Renee to tears every single time, and because he's on the show, mm-hmm. she might she might be inclined just to see him. But the mm-hmm. subject matter is is not going to do anything to to make her keep it on the station. Um, well, if they ever we'll make it to like the third or fourth season, she's really not going to want to watch it. That's <laughs> true. That's true. Uh, spoilers, but no, it's it's um, you know. But on on that note, I'm really excited because it sounds like they are going to follow a lot of the story, but there's a lot of there was a lot of empty spaces there and so yeah, exactly. other stories. So yeah. I think this is gonna be kind of um um you know the the walking between the raindrops of oh. Walking Dead. Is, Astonishing is it, Walking is Dead. A, uh, is, yeah, yeah. Is it a six or a thirteen issue season initially? It's a seven I think seven episode, right? Okay. Six or seven. God, and yeah. I hope it do, I hope it does so well. Me I hope too. I, and man AMC puts out some Phenomenal yeah. stuff. You're, yeah, you're, you're not, you're, I mean, Breaking Bad. I it, it's hard for me to say. If you're not watch, watching Breaking Bad, you should watch it because it's kind of a fucking brutal show. Uh, but I but I love it. It's um, extremely. And I, everybody well I know that watches Mad Men loves it. Uh, I love it. I have fanatical fans, uh, friends that are fanatical fans of Mad Men, and yeah. the Golden Monkey is taking effect. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, Jennifer Jones will be had. Let me tell you, that's what I got to say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and now she's playing Emma. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Did, was it Julian that said she'd make a great Sue? Sue Storm. So. That, oh, Sue, excuse me, Sue Richards. Julian. Yeah, so. yeah. No, not Julian. Who? Who would make a good Sue? January Jones. Who's that? Uh, she's on Mad Men. Betty. Yeah, she's. Oh, all I know okay. about the show, I read on Twitter. She, so. The wife then ex-wife of uh, spoilers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if, she, if she's going to be Susie. She's got to be smoking hot. Well, she's Emma Frost now. I doubt they'll make. Well, I guess they could make her Susie. Too. Well, what the hell? I mean, look at doesn't Ryan stop Reynolds Chris Evans from being everybody. Yeah, Chris Evans, Ryan Reynolds doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, oh, as far as that's 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 oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. I, I, I just, I'll. Um, no, it's, it's only okay. Jessica Alba for me, kids. Oh no. <laughs> No, no. <laughs> that just had to kill you. You, you and John, yeah, a little bit, didn't little it? Bit. Didn't it? Whenever you're like, oh, they're making a Fantastic Four movie, you're like, what? No, I think, I think the, the because mo- I do think Jessica Alba's hot as can be. Oh, I agree, yeah. I agree, but not as Sue Richards. Yeah, no. no. I, I think more damaging to my fragile uh, Fantastic Four love was the Michael Chiklis as the thing. That was just brutal. I did like him as Ben Grimm. I don't know if I don't know if anybody could really pull off the thing. Well, you I see, mean, they're going to make him all CGI this time, and that is very wise. Yeah. Oh, they're doing it. They're doing another. Yeah. They're going to relaunch the first direct to DVD premiering a blockbuster. No, no, no. no. Well, it's nice. probably. So, did did any of you guys? Um, I I assumed it would come up last week, but uh, 
It didn't. Um, so did any of you guys see Scott Pilgrim? Not yet. Not yet. No. <laughs> Apparently, that's the very common fucking I answer. Know. Yeah. <laughs> Which is really, well, I think, I really think sad. Might be, I think Vince and I might be one of the two people that didn't get to see it at a free screening. Apparently uh, so. But, but I'm not in the majority. I, I, I'm not a typical moviegoer. It got I, beaten I, by lottery ticket. I know, but it, it takes extraordinary yeah. for the next generation, yeah. it's Friday measures to get me to the movie. Oh, nice I, I, I want to see all time in my Scott case. Pilgrim, but... I, I just it haven't. got beaten by Inception, which has been out for five months. But that is not... And uh, it doesn't determine the content no, of the no. movie. The, 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 I, I, have not, I have not seen it. Everyone I've talked to that has seen it said it was fucking awesome. Tommy yeah, loved it. I have yeah. heard, that's why I posted this um, in, the, uh, in the thread on, on the forums is that it, it fascinates me from a business perspective what a colossal like financial bomb it was, but not because it was a bomb. Lots of films bomb, but because... Sure. Usually films that bomb, like to the magnitude of this, I mean like a tried and true, like, wow, this is going to cost a lot of money bomb, um, like usually either have at best mixed reviews or get are just horrible films. You know, like this has got, I mean, I haven't heard anyone that's seen it not at least either like it or absolutely love it, which is just yeah. fascinating to me because it just really shows you that the, I guess, the combination of the underlying story, which admittedly is, is quirky, and then the way that they've either probably had trouble marketing it really just fell flat on the general populace because it just, you know, you would think word of mouth would have sustained it, but it had, you know, a huge drop-off in week two, even though it sold, you know, did almost next to nothing in the first week. It just fascinates me. It's, uh, it, 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 it had a really tough opening weekend, competition-wise, um, and it had the bad luck of coming up against an absolute surprise mega blockbuster in the Expendables. Well, I wouldn't say Expendables doing $30 million in its first week was a blockbuster either. I mean, that, that movie uh, cost $30 yeah, million but, to make. But, I mean, I yeah, but, it, but it's sustaining. And yeah, David busts my balls about Haunt, uh, like going back to the 90s. Why would you want to go see the Expendables? Oh, I can't wait no. to see it. Oh, I, really? Absolutely. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Were we just all talking about? It wasn't yeah. just a few weeks ago. We were all talking about how great, uh, uh, how what fun movies uh, all the uh, the Transporter and Crank movies were. I mean, you okay. were, you were, yeah, <laughs> you were. Well, wait, I wasn't the only one because you. Got, I watched them because one no, of you guys. Well, I saying did, how did fun you, they did, were. Did you see Transporter Three? I have not. No, David okay. hates that one. He hates no, it. I hate the second one. Oh, he hates the second one. No, yeah, I, I watched uh, Crank, which was an absolute... <laughs> Crank may be one of the worst movies ever. Yes, but indeed. It, I mean, like... The, and did not warrant a sequel. Didn't deserve no, a sequel. No, I mean, it's ridiculous yeah. on so many levels. And, like, it's just corny. Like, and... Yeah. All, and, and uh it just was bad. I mean, there was like it was cringeworthy bad, actually. But, uh, <laughs> Except for but he's a cool dude, though. He's a cool dude. I mean, oh, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and what and what and what's not blame Scott Pilgrim's failures on on the Expendables. You know, good good for oh, the Expendables. Yeah, you know, it's it's uh yeah yeah you know it's just it's it's a niche movie. It's yeah, that's right. going to and and unfortunately it's going to uh, appeal to people that probably aren't going to spend money to go out to see movies. Right. And and Vince, if you okay, Hi. so so if if Haunt is is going back to the nineties, then that's that's fine. If if you're digging at it, oh, it's, it's no, awesome. I didn't say no, it was you that, did. That I did, but it, yeah. you know, I'm busting your balls because you are something it. fierce. If if it's if 
if it's rocking your world, that Kirkman and McFarlane and however any many other artists there takes to draw this comic Otley, book, Capullo, then, the Maestro, uh, Greg Capullo, and so you have that that comic book. So you have McFarlane going back to the well yet again. It that's that's not nice. these 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 <laughs> actors, if you want to call them that, have their stock and trade these types of movies. But to yeah. see them all together, it's it's like Contest of Champions. It's like Avengers exactly. in LA. Exactly. It's like it's 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 I would it's love like the love boat for for like eighties action heroes. It's yeah, see, like, I didn't like those movies to begin with. Oh, so, I loved them. Like Cannonball Run is one of my favorite movies of all. No, oh, you yeah. don't. No, you oh, don't put. Yeah. Can, you oh, do not yeah. put Cannonball Run in the same no, category as Expendables yet. But I'm saying it's that theme, though. That all-star cast of of these right. it's, of, it's, of it's, loving it's like, characters. Yeah. It's 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 mad 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 world, but action yeah. here. Yes, it's, it's, exactly. it's ocean. It's Ocean's Eleven. Which sucks. It meets. No, no, the sequel. Oh, was terrible. 12, 8 ass. 13, Did I say Ocean's 12? 13, no, 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 I'm not saying... We can't go like that. 13, no, thir- 13, see, just like Transporter. If you take... Uh, the no, second, no, take no, the hold on, hold on, I want clarification. Then I want clarification. Are, are, are you talking Ocean's 11, the remake? With, 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 I'm, I'm talking the remake, Suck Balls. No, you God. are smoking crack. I'm God, not. It's a piece of shit. That is a great God. God. It was a great Oh, my God. I've watched it five times. I love it. I want to talk some art. Can I talk art? I no, my, my, no, my, my, my wife's here. breaking bad on Ocean's Eleven. Uh-oh. It sucks. Give me a break. My wife just said that's a great fucking movie. Oh, go. that ends it right there, then. There you go. She's <laughs> right. You're damn it's, right. It's In this Chris. house, it ends make the conversation. Sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we got to make sure Chris gets some stuff. Remember a couple episodes back that's when I was. Sharktopus? What? No, remember? Uh, I forget That's how many awesome, episodes dude, ago that it was. trailer was, was the shit. Oh my god, I can't wait to see it. I was it. just I like, oh, that looks so awesome. It does. Great. What do you think? Guys are rude. I was so oh, upset, Sci- dude. Science dog, science dog did not ship. Was it science dog that was supposed to ship today? It should have, yes, but it's all reprints anyway. I don't care. It's I wanted you, to buy it. Was it supposed you, to be on time? Do you buy Invincible? No, I buy. Well, then it would be then it would be all new to you. Yeah, I buy it in trade. Um, Oh, they pulled a Cable Hope one shot with science. Yeah, that's actually why I ordered it because I buy the Invincible Ultimate Collections. They didn't have it there. Hi guys, Whitehead again. Uh, Just wanted to call and say that I have been enjoying your last five episodes. I thought they were very, very good. Uh, I still hold fast to my opinions that I made earlier and I'd say about 10 episodes ago where I complained uh, people that was, you know, I, I took a lot of flack on the boards and stuff, but that don't really matter to me because I don't really read the boards. Uh, and I've probably had, what, 10 voicemails directed toward me so far that don't really bother me at all either. Uh, because since I said those things, you hadn't had one guest, except for the guest that I suggested, which was uh, Sal. Uh, I think uh, we've only had about two iFanboy references since then. Both of them have come from Wood, of course. Um, and that's about it. I've really enjoyed everything else. The shows have been fantastic. Uh, oh, yeah, the reason I called. I wanted to say happy birthday to Vince B. Uh, 
don't know how old you are, but uh, I heard it's your birthday. So I want to call and tell you happy birthday, and I love you guys, and I hope you do 100 more shows, and I can't wait to listen to this week. So I'm going to call last night, but I know you'll get pissed off when people call while you're trying to record the show and stuff, so I didn't, I didn't call. And uh, that Templar guy, he don't like me anymore, but I'm okay with that. Bye. Hey, speaking of Invincible, and I'm going to step all over Vince. Yeah, I'm still trying to hear what he had to say. It, it, you can, if you're going to step on me with Invincible, you had, you had I will your, roll the carpet you had, you had, you had, out for you. You had your 20-minute beat poet thing, so give me two seconds here. See, if you just um, took the time to listen to me. I just said I would enjoy, I would I would relish you stepping on me with Invincible. <laughs> um, real quickly here, because I love, 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 triple exclamation points, Brit. Do you guys yes. share my Brit love? I do like Brit a lot, yes. Brit was such an awesome comic um you know we talked about walking dead tony tony moore drew Britt for a while it is uh i think one of the criminally underread kirkland comics uh guardian of the globe which i don't know what the legal bullshit is i know i think it's called guarding the globe now yeah yeah yeah, because it should be guardians of the globe instead of guarding the globe but it, it gets into that in the story but man if you have been jonesing for some brit love like i have been you really need to go out and get guarding the globe um it is written by robert kirkman um and benito serrano um, so you're, you're not stepping on me with invincible you're stepping on me with guardian guarding the globe I just well the who, who is a member of the guardians of the globe well invincible brit. thank you um, who else? Astounding Wolfman. Yes, that is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Got to be one of the members of the Nobles, right? Robot. Robot. Oh, robot. robot okay. yeah. Monster. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 Which is a cute little girl, which always cracks me up. She's um, so yes, yeah, it's, it's the Expendables of the Image Universe. It's the. Um, <laughs> you know what? It's um. It, it is, and in all of the best ways. That I mean, this is the supergroup of of. Uh, the Invincible Universe, the, you know, I- Images um, Superhero Universe, and man, this is, this is what, this is what superhero comics is supposed to be. You know, I love Dynamo 5, I love Invincible and Brit, and, and seeing a lot of these characters get, get together in, in kind of like a real updated and 2000s sort of way, it reminds me of, of what, what I think the 1960s Marvel Universe would have been like. Oh, even though nice. I, yeah, even though, you know, I wasn't there to, I'm more of a product of the 80s, and that's when I was reading um, uh, superhero comics as, as you know, the 12-year-old kid. But mm-hmm. but Guardians of the Globe is kind of like, an, you know, like how the Avengers should be. You know, it's just Ooh. going out there and, and, and... You mean in one comic book? Yeah, it's like going out there and kicking ass and and having fun and all of these characters that aren't really super familiar with each other, just kind of and forming this this team and yeah, it's you know it's it's it feels fresh and new, but but kind of um, comfortable and nostalgic at the same time. Right. Um, so it's it's just really good superheroing comics. So um, and it's from good, it's from good. Image. Pretty much yeah. the best, the best damn publisher on the planet. Yeah, and and good on Kirkman and the Kirkman verse for 
for kind of you know reminding us what what good fun superhero comics uh, are supposed to be like. That was hyperbole. I do love Image though. <laughs> Uh, image, image keeps things fresh. They, uh, um, when other people are kind of regurgitating the same thing, image, image keeps things new. Hypothetical by, by mimicking '60s Marvel. Hypothetical exactly. scenario. When Marvel can't do what they're supposed to, yeah, oh, it's boy. nice to have a company that can. Here's a hypothetical situation. I've okay. lost. My, I've lost my job. Okay? okay, I'm d- I'm down to my last nickel. I have to start cutting books. I have okay. to start whittling away at the books that mean less to me and keeping the ones that I love. I will tell you right now, the image books would be by far the very last to go. Well, that's I would say I would I would I would sacrifice Marvel DC. Well, yeah. not DC because I don't buy them, but every <laughs> everything else everything else before image. Image is. So close to my heart, and I yeah. don't know how they did it. I, I would like to know how they managed to jump up to the top of my most beloved publisher scale. I, 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 I think it's well, across the, 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 the most creative. I hit raid and, and eclectic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, could be. And, and speaking of image, which Top Cow is a uh, uh, imprint yes. of, man, Top Cow's kicking the ass. I bought the um. um what did I pick up? I picked up the uh, the Cyber Force Hunter Killer. And I'm ca- didn't Rocco I say that? Him. You Kenneth, didn't say that. Kenneth, Kenneth Rocco, you were so right. Oh, Kenneth, Kenneth Rocco, Rocco Force. Force. Oh my God, is he a badass? Oh yeah, yep. totally. Boy, is he good. He is an illustrator masquerading as a comic book artist, and, and, no and not, yeah. I'm not doing a disservice to comic book artists. You you people are fantastic, all of you, but. Rocafort composes a panel like an illustrator. Yeah, he really does. He, 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 is, he is awesome. I, I saw. Um, I was over at Challengers a couple weeks ago, and Seely was looking through this, and he was just like, "Oh, I'm so going to steal that." And yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's just to see you know an accomplished artist like Seely just geeking out over over Rocafort stuff. I was like, "Okay, I mean that." Whenever you start hearing the term like artist, artist, that, yeah, yeah, you know, whenever other artists are like, this guy is the shit, and that, but that's pretty cool. He has blossomed into a fantastic illustrator in a really short period of time. Madam uh, Mirage Mirage was good, but it's nowhere near the level that he's kicking out now. He, I, I think there's a there's a quantum leap to coin a. Uh, cliche uh, in his work from in a very short period of time everything I've seen from him his covers his interiors everything is so well done so, yeah uh, super solid and and I'll buy crap if he's working on it like uh, characters characters I have no concern for I'll pick them up if I see that Rokefort name on the on the cover mm-hmm. yeah that's that's some take some doing but I gotta backpedal a little bit a little bit okay Uh-oh. let me write yeah, let me write. The, why am I breaking up? No, no. All right, let me write the timestamp down because this is important to the people who listen. All right. Remember a while back, I was musing on the uh, correlation between the artist personality and our opinion of them. Like Alan Moore is obviously a more outgoing, more opinionated creator, so his work resonates more with me than say. Uh, Mike Perkins, who we don't hear very much from, but is a very talented guy. 
I picked you up a hear, monitor. You would hear more from him if you listen to my interview with him. Which is, I don't. And I don't eat popcorn when I talk in. It's like an hour-long interview. Talked about the stand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. About yeah. his entire career. It was great. I picked up a book. It's from Chronicle Books. It's a monograph. Uh, focusing on David Cho, and I've mentioned him before. This is the reason why I, I started on that whole personality versus perception thing, because David David Cho is a bit of a douche, a bit uh-huh. of a prick. He he's perceived as uh, kind of an asshole because he's very opinionated. He revels in the base. He uh, this book is filled with his his drawings and paintings and photographs and mixed media projects. His graffiti. Photographs of his sexual conquests, the women he's nice. bedded are in this book, and they are all smoking hot. I mean, this him. guy, uh-huh. this guy, this guy does not bring schlubs to bed. He has an illustration in here of him going down on a woman, and the caption is "Sticking my tongue up into you as far as possible." Uh, there are women in his bed in his bathroom. He did a little bit of a Kerouac move to tie everything together, and just hopped on trains. For an extended period of time, and chronicled his experience as a, uh, I guess you would call it a vagabond, right? Sure. Yeah. Uh, this does tie into comics because he published a uh, one-man show called Slow Jams back in the day. He is, I guess you would stick him in the Sinkevich school. He's extremely talented. He's, I, I would call him a master illustrator, master painter. But that's not what I want to talk about. Okay. What I want to talk about is. The image and our perception of the image. There are three pages in this book where Cho takes genitalia, let's say, and arranges them in shapes totally unconnected with with the original uh, image. Like there's a butterfly made entirely of labia and what's the plural of clitoris? Clitori? Yeah, I would say clitori. Clitori. It's It's a butterfly, but it's a butterfly made of the female reproductive organ. There's a skull that is comprised of assholes, vaginas, and labias. Nice. And and, uh, there's a horse. I feel like Uh, for Saturday night. There's a winged horse made up of of sexual women, uh, female sexual organs. And... Mm -hmm. It, he, th- these three pages just totally captivated me, because apparently, not because they're reproductive organs or female reproductive organs, but because he he's taken the image out of context, the the shape and the structure of of the female genitalia out of context. He's removed it from that that that, that envelope of perception which we subconsciously expect it to be wrapped like for example the clitoris right we would expect it to be surrounded by other body parts in the female reproductive array maybe a bit of flesh some pubic hair a birthmark right but the object loses its meaning entirely like remember uh, i talked about that movie pontypool and and the whole thing was language became a virus as w- that was infecting the people and they had to unlearn words like when you repeat a word ad nauseum the, you lose the meaning all that remains is the sound the sound of the word cho forces the viewer to focus on the shape itself the texture the highlights 
uh, kicked back by the moisture, the the wrinkled shadows, etc. He he's replacing the object's identity with another one, one that he completely uh, designed himself. He's making a butterfly out of labia and and vaginas. That to me, I mean, see, I don't know about you guys, but that to me is freaking brilliant, and it's simple. It's something so simple, but we we never stop to think. Okay, it's a butterfly made out of vaginas, but he's erasing our our perceptions of the vagina and creating a butterfly. Am I attributing too much weight to something that you consider mundane, or do you think do you think um do you understand what I'm trying to get at here? He's, I do. I do. He's I reaching into your brain and erasing all of the ideas and thoughts and 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 everything you associate with the vagina he's taking that away from you mm -hmm. and making a, a a creature out of something that is not it's a vagina I mean, you're, but it, you're you're in essence i mean that um i think because of the underlying objects he's using it seems a little more um noteworthy but that's certainly a very common visual imagery I mean, lots of. I mean, there are tons and tons of types of art that do exactly that, right? Even everything from yeah. the. I mean, you know, hey, you can go to, you can buy puzzles, right? That are like make the, you know, Che Guevara, but it's actually like, you know, a thousand postcards. You know what I mean? Like, but, but, right, you know, right. images that that when you put them together and shrink them down enough, you can make Che Guevara, or, or, um, you know, um, even like, uh, I mean, and then obviously famous fine artists like, like in our house. I mean, if you guys come in October, uh, lining the uh, downstairs hallway are a bunch of Georgia O'Keeffe. Uh, paintings and obviously O'Keefe is. Oh no! Are you, you hate O'Keefe, right? Don't you? Yes, I do. I yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, guess who's my, outside? My God, no! But, but to be fair, O'Keefe obviously <laughs> her flowers are really pretty much, uh, you know, yes, vagine. Yes. So I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, vegematic. Yeah, um, and and subliminal imagery, right? I mean, how often have you know whether it be anything from like hiding a little Playboy bunny on the cover of Playboy every month, or you know, I took a class in college about visual imagery, and we would see all these different you know ads for everything from you know household cleaners to alcohol to you know a, a store, and there'd be you know clear images that are embedded of like you know people in coitus or right. you know um, you know someone drinking or a happy face and you wouldn't notice it in the picture because you're not supposed to but it's supposed to subliminally evoke another feeling and mm -hmm. I mean I guess my question for you on show because I'm not familiar with his work um, oh, is, he's, he's fantastic. Is, is 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 uh is his choice is there is is it obvious what he's trying to evoke there or is he just trying to do you think he's using those like genitalia to evoke something a different feeling than what the picture is like is that the message or is the message more to say it doesn't really matter what underlies the picture if your mind sees it one way it's going to see it that way like is it have having read the book and and uh the majority of it is handwritten by him um the text that is i think that he's reveling in the fact that he's making a creature that is normally perceived as this innocent beautiful uh flit from here to there creature uh out of vaginas i think that's the thing that mm -hmm. look i made a, a vagina butterfly uh the the skeleton the the nostrils are assholes anuses if you will the the chin is is a, a woman's uh backside and the dimple is the butthole but uh right he there's a page in here where he makes ninja stars 
It's called Triple X Ninja Stars. There's the vi the Vibro Star, which is a dildo stuck in you know where, and it's just repeated in a circular pattern. There's the Fucker Star, which is what you would think it would be. There's the Double Penetration Star, the Asshole Star, and the Oral Star, which is lips around a uh, a penis, but it's duplicated in a star array. And he says, I, I don't need to tell you to tell me I'm a sick, disgusting pervert. I know this already. I'm always looking for patterns and rhythms in life. A long time ago, I made these porno ninja stars from cutting and pasting out of a huge extensive porno library. Uh, why not wear it on a shirt or sit on a chair that has it as a pattern? So he's, he's making art out of the base, uh, mm -hmm. the, the pornographic, and he's created something else out of it. Uh, it's a really great book. I mean, he is a, a master illustrator. He's done everything from from graffiti to T-shirts to portraits of Barack Obama to uh, album covers and 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 uh, little spot illustrations. He painted over Jim Lee's cover of Superman. I forget which issue it is. And in his own style, there's uh, uh, Dave Cooper and Ron Reg Jr. and other comic artists are obviously uh, friends with him because they're they have images in here that they've sent to him. He takes pictures of his food, of his women, of his travels. I mean, it, it, it's really almost like, um, to keep it in the wheelhouse of what we started talking about, like a cut-up technique, like Burroughs. This is every aspect of his life just crammed into one book, and it's all uh, reassembled and, and switched around. There's a whale in here where he does a, a picture of a whale, and it's done in watercolors, and there's a city on its back, and then the whale transforms into a pink whale, and then in the very next page, he used a dickhead. <laughs> and and the, 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 the hole in the penis is the blowhole of the whale, and, and he went in, and he just put teeth on it and did some Photoshop magic, and he just uses anything he can to, to get the, that idea across, no matter how uh, base or pornographic it is. I think this guy is a fantastic artist. Uh, way back when I, I picked up on the Slow Jams comic. I forget. I think he self-published it. And it, I just looked at his style of illustration. His line is so fluid and beautiful. And uh, and he also has the soul of a graffiti artist, too. He just slaps it down sometimes. There's images of Tupac in here and and, nice. and diff different rappers. And, oh, yeah, he's way into the, the, uh, the rap scene. It's a great I, book. I ain't mad at it, you. It's from Cron... I'm assuming that's a Tupac song, right? Yeah, yeah cool but it's from chronicle books i think it was 40 bucks uh it's a hardcover very thick hardcover there's there's beautiful paintings of women in here and uh photography of women and and graffiti and uh photos of the club scene and robots and monsters it's a great book check it out david cho if you don't know the artist google him because i'm thinking you'll be greeted by just wonderful imagery that you will hopefully appreciate because he is just so fantastic but a bit of a dickhead and he's not uh he's not afraid to admit it which is cool i like that in the guy i'm a dickhead there you go no. <laughs> oh yeah yeah i am <laughs> no and i'm i'm proud of it what else we got not a dickhead give us some stuff jason dude i haven't read anything i i, I think it's okay you're always on the mark I've been, I've been chatting quite a bit thank you very much dude, you're one one of those guys who can who can talk his way out of any situation i'm putting you on the spot Talk your way out, Jason Wood, vacation boy. <laughs> um, news? Any? You know? I mean, have you been checking out any any sites, one. any feeds, any? 
the, the vampire pro- proliferation into the X universe. Love it or hate it? So far, digging it. Digging really? it. Really? But it's too. Yeah, why not? Dude, I'm an easy sell. You know I'm an easy sell with the X-Men. I mean, I, it doesn't. I mean, there. I, I don't. It's not too often I, like, loathe the X-Men. I, I mean, I. So, yeah, I'm All cool right. with it. I mean, I, I, it's, it's one of those things where I'm a little bit like, really, we have to have the new fandangled vampires now because, like, again, I don't mind the idea in and of itself because, you know, the vampire trope is overdone, but I kind of feel like it at is the last trope. extra retreat, they were like, wow, you know, Twilight's popular and those vampires can go out in the sun and... Oh, you, know. you mean they tried to do it to sell comic books? Well, but that's, not that's saying, nothing new. Oh, oh, Marvel no, has dude, done that for years. Is, so it's it's fine. You ask me. I mean, it's it's fine. But like Marvel has a long history, and as yeah. do the X Men with with vampires. And we've talked about Tomb of Dracula many times. Like, there's a you know there is a Ohatmu you know definition of Dracula, and we even just in recently in uh, Captain Britain, right? We had a pretty great yeah. vampire. Yeah. What was series. it? X X Men Annual. Five maybe where Storm was uh, uh, head to head with Dracula, cover, right? It was yeah, you know, and um, and uh, so I mean that's all good. Like I have nothing against it, but I just you know now it's it's that uh, again spoilers for those that are, but the, I mean I'm not going to give one, but the there is a there's these new breed of vampires that are effectively being brought on by uh, Dr- Dracula's son, who's now the Lord of the Vampires, and um, uh, I, I, again I have nothing against it because hey it's not like they haven't come up with 57 different types of sentinels over the years and right. you know there's always new you know new takes on the same old power so it'll, it's only natural that you would have it's perfectly fine to think that, that you'd have other types of vampires out there but as I'm reading it I'm happy maybe because I've been doing I've been as we talked about two weeks ago I've been so into other vampire things lately uh, I, I was sitting there thinking like okay well you know like it's you're not you're pretty much trying to cr- ride the crest of pop culture right now by having vampires that can do other things that aren't like beholden to the Bram Stoker version of Dracula, right? I mean that's yeah. which is fine. I mean he, they're not they're not alone. There are those kind of I mean right now there's vampires. It seems like every there where it used to be almost any vampire book pretty much stuck to those Stoker rules. Now it's pretty much they all it, mm-hmm. each book has a completely different set of of rules. And to be fair, Anne Rice who I was a big fan of back in the day. She 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 broke that ground a lot. I mean, her vampires could do a lot lot more than uh, than the Stoker version could certainly, which makes sense. But um, it's so fun so far. I mean, it's only what we've only had what like two or three issues. I think three. Right? Yeah, cause they, they previewed a third issue, and I know that's where Julie. Well, yeah, and I, I mean, I guess I'm counting the um, was the death of Dracula one shot, right? I mean, that, oh, okay. that kind of. I kind of set the table for all this, I guess. But just to show you the magnitude of my distaste for the whole vampire X Men thing, a book came out today under the Curse of the Mutants banner, and I'm I'm assuming that's the vampire story, mm-hmm. right? Storm and Gambit, which was I think written by well, Cal Yost, but but drawn by Chris Bacallo. I left it at the shop. It, it, Chris Bacallo was not enough to get me to pick well, up this book. But let's be fair; it's 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 not yeah, just freaking storm too. You yeah. are not a super fan, yeah? <laughs> no, no, I'm not. Go back to Wakanda. Get out of here. Oh. <laughs> yeah. uh. And and Gambit too. I got no love for Gambit. Yeah, he is by Never far did. my least favorite popular X character. Is he really? Oh th- no, there's not even. Close. Yeah. Yeah. Same here, but. No like, love I don't for the really Gambit. find anything. No love for, no love for Remy, huh? The only Cajun like I want is on shrimp. 
like in a in a time when costumes were bad in general, like that was a bad time for <laughs> yeah. his costume was the worst. I thought, like, and yeah. it still is bad. And I just never understood his character. Like, I mean, again, I know they've all had convoluted histories, but just as like came out of nowhere, then then he's like evil, and then he's not, and then he's evil again. I can't keep straight who's dead and alive. That's um, hard. That's hard. In, in, I, I the, would... in the in the X verse, I have no idea. I, mean, I don't I know either. That I've always enjoyed the X books more when Gambit isn't in them. True. Okay. And I've enjoyed Rogue I, a lot more yes. when she's not with, with with Gambit. One of the one of the the only things that I enjoyed about the Wolverine Origins movie was the fact that Gambit was a normal looking dude. They didn't put him in the trench coat. He didn't have any kind of purple stuff going on or the. The, the head thing. It was just a normal guy who kicked ass. That was, I appreciated that. Other than that, the movie was was. Poop. I still have not seen that movie. Oh really? You it's don't. You don't want to do it. Yeah, you don't want to do it. Yeah. Not good. Yeah. You guys thought of the uh, vampire stuff so far? I assume you you and David have read it, right? Yeah, I have read not it. read the uh, the new X Men book yet. Okay. I'm not digging it. I'm sorry. I mean, any particular reason, or just not vibing it? I it, there's just a disconnect uh between the the uh the vampires uh, I don't care. Just like today on our forum when uh people were voting on the eleven o'clock book of the month for I think it's November mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and Jeff Lemire's Superboy was in there. Mm-hmm. God I, I do love Jeff Lemire. He's one of our our, our chosen ones. Do but not follow this no, up with a butt. There's no way in hell I'm going to pick up a Superboy book. It is not happening. Why not? Why not? I, I Why don't not? care. I don't. Why not? I don't. There are I no do bad not care. There I are agree. No bad characters. I agree. There's there, there are characters. no bad characters. But even well written characters. Jeff let you down? Has he written anything bad? Well, I'll give I, you a reason. I, I'll Jeff, tell you. I would like, not go out and get a little Orphan Annie book if it was written by Frank Miller. I just wouldn't has, do it. Has Jeff let you down? My, tell us, Vince. My, tell us. Tell us how Jeff has let you down. Dude, you're hedging your bet and backing me into a corner by... No, that has nothing to do with it. Jeff is a great... Tell me how Jeff has written a bad story that you wouldn't read. That's, that's he hasn't not said the point. it he would, though. The uh, point is, I have no But he, he just said that there's a book that, that he's not going to pick up because I'm they're not. a bad not character. Interested in subject matter. No, I never said it was a bad character. I said bad I have character? no... Oh, so I you have don't want no, to so you know I throw. Oh my God! Stop! <laughs> I'm not sure I'm following. This. I'll tell you. Why. I, yeah, really. I'll no one's why. following this. I'll tell you why I'm not. Jesus it. is up in heaven, going, dude. I do not follow where you're going with this. Seriously. It's, <laughs> I, I'm not, why would I, you not pick it up? It's not a bad character. Can I tell you why? If okay. Because it's super I'm not picking boring. it up either. So I don't care. Because I am. What do people? I am tired. Because the way it feels to me, and and granted, you know, pot meat kettle. I am I am in no rush to start a new series mm-hmm. on what I feel is already going to be tied into so many other titles. Nice. Right that's not the, the main bat, point. I, no, yeah. see, this is my feeling right off the bat. There's and we be welcome your feelings. Titans. There's going to be a tie to the Superman mythos. There's going to be. There's just. I don't. I. I I hope it's a standalone title, but I just have a feeling that by the third issue, we're going to have a Teen Titans crossover. Dude, speaking of Teen Titans, I perused the latest issue today. No, I I flipped through the latest issue today at the shop. The dialogue was like a knife to the friggin' eye. It was horrible. Who's writing Titans? I have no idea. 
Well, no, uh, a, a, a woman, and I'm sorry, her name escapes me, is writing it, and I think Kroll takes over next oh, month. Oh, okay. Uh, if you think, if anyone who listens think thinks we're hyperbolic, you got to read the dialogue <laughs> in uh, the entire What's time. funny is that uh, they really are going to try and make a go of it because they're they're bringing Nicholas Scott over to do Titans, which, yeah, wow. Good. So, oh, so that would be, be the first Nicholas Scott book I haven't bought. Oh, <laughs> you know, Titans, God, it's... I mean, if there's an indictment for... Dude, if I walked away from the Outsiders, there's no way in hell that I'm picking up the Titans anymore. Man, it's, you, think of, you think about the storied, storied history of that, of that franchise and how they cannot fucking win now, which, I mean, no. it's sad. I mean, there it's was... Sad. You're right. There was, there was a time, and I mean a long time, where, where Titans, it's... When we talk about the X-Men now, there was a time when... Titans was outselling the X Men. Oh, t- oh, not absolutely! Not only, not only, not only outselling, it was better, 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 better than the X Men. Oh, uh, uh, oh, yeah. Well, you know, the yeah. Wolfman Perez Titans. I mean, that that that's a, I mean, that's a a landmark. That's what series. books aspire to be. And I tell you, Jeff Johns. If you haven't read Jeff Johns' Teen Titans, that was good run, stuff with the Michael Cohen artwork. That was yeah, good stuff. I mean, really good stuff. But man, it just seems like a you know you you know Sean McKeever is a good writer. You. His his not everybody, not everybody can weave gold out of what they're giving, man. I mean, it's, I don't. It's, it's not. It's not Sean's fault. It's no. Not, I mean, it's it's not. It's not Jeff's fault that you know Vince isn't a big fan of Superboy. I mean, they're just they're just there are times where, especially in this day and age, where I mean, there are so many other things that. It's the thing, dude. Like, I mean, like, like Vince yeah. would enjoy. Why? I mean, yeah. I, I why wish. why can't that series get out of its own way? Yeah, well, it can. It eventually can. I mean, of course it can. I just they got to do it. Huh? They need to do a new Titans hunt. Bring back the Wilder Beast. You know what killed Titans for me? Am I okay? No. Eh, yeah. better. I mean, what? you're better, but not you're what, still what, a little what, what what killed Titans for you? Ravager. I know it wasn't Tom Grummet. Oh yeah, yeah. I like Rose. Oh jeez. What? What is? It's a duplication like- of the whole uh, Deathstroke Kara thing. I mean, it's it's we've yeah. seen this all before. I don't. Well, I will to- say that's the one thing that again I don't pro- I don't profess to be a long time Titans reader, and I'm sure for some, as you alluded, in fact, I know for a fact, uh, like Peter Rios, for example. Uh, Teen Titans was their book, much in the way that I would consider Avengers or X Men my books, and then right. you know, thin. Sure. Um, but actually, I have read a fair chunk of the Wolfman Perez stuff. Um, it, it re- more recently, in the last few years, um, and it is great. It is you can I could see why it was so popular. Um, and actually, Titans was one of the first series when I started getting into DC that I, I picked up because I had heard over year that was kind of evocative of the X Men, and so I thought, oh, I'll try this out. And sure. it was uh, when Johns was writing it, um, and I will agree with Vince in the sense that, and I, I'm freely admitting before we get, I get slammed on the forums or something about this, I, I have a very limited reading history. I've read some of the seminal Perez-Wolfman stuff and then some of the recent, more recent stuff. It did seem to me like the stories are like always the same. Like it's, it's, it's like they rotate between Trigon and, uh, you know, Trigon, a, a story about Trigon, a story about Brother Blood, uh, you know, uh, then they go and, and, and do a Deathstroke story, um, maybe throw in like a random villain or a crossover and then it's back to the same. Like it seems like there's always Trigon, there's always Deathstroke under, yeah. underlying their whole thing. And I guess you could say the same thing about Superman Lex Luthor or, or Magneto and Apocalypse. And the, I get that. So that's why I'm not, I'm not trying to say 
it's bad or good or whatever. But I guess as someone who's tried to dabble in it, I'm just like, ah, oh, I've read a Trigon arc. Like I felt like I just read one a year ago. Like do I, I don't care about Trigon coming back again. You know, like so for me, it's been repetitive. But again, I'm sure yeah, someone you else can never could... say that about. Um, oh, don't Magneto. don't. Yeah, I, know, I know. That's what I'm it's... saying. No, that, I, that's what I just said. I freely admit, as someone who's read every, pretty much every X book that's ever come out, that. Magneto's always there, and if he's not there, you know he's going to be there in the next six to twelve months. Like I, I totally get that, but maybe because again, he was a character that was formative when I was a kid and really get into comics. I have a fondness for him, whereas right. I don't have that with Trigon or Brother. And that's Blood the thing. Or... I mean, with Trigon, it'd be nice if Raven had anything that was remotely interesting about her. It's, it's like right, exactly. so that's, that that that's your attachment to the. Like to she moves around like a goth girl, even, other than when she's yeah. possessed. Yeah, it's just, yeah. It's just no. But like Blink, she's going commando. I know it. Oh, she's got it. I know it. Jason, you want a couple hundred issues of the Titans? Oh, damn. Uh, yeah, sure. Better not be any of the grommet stuff. It's in there. It's in there. There we go. We'll chat, sure. Right, hear how sure. hear how Vince doesn't like me anymore. Uh, my God, I love you. Are you kidding me? And, and I, and I love, I, love, I do love Jeff Lemire too, but I'm sorry. I'm, I'm I, I, you know, it's I I want that series to do well for Jeff. Me too. Am I gonna run out and buy a Superboy comic? You know, I like Connor as a character. Um, I, you know that that's going to be a hard sell comic for a lot of people. Honestly, yeah. I mean Je- Je- Jeff is an up and coming talent in the industry. Mm-hmm. I mean we we know how awesome uh, of a writer and an artist he is. But yeah, that's that's going to be a hard sell. I'm looking well, here's forward to the cool it. thing about that, right? At least if it's going to is that at least we know from knowing Jeff that that's not like I think a lot of times it's fair to say a lot of the young up up and coming writers that we've we probably gravitate toward and many of which we're friendly with on both sides of the, of the big two um, kind of when they first get going, get kind of put into books and it's almost like they take what's given to them because they want the opportunity and they figure they'll make the most fit with Jeff. He's got the advantage at least in that he's not being given Legion or to write or, Arsenal. or Superboy to write <laughs> out of randomness. He's being given these characters because he loves them. Right, like he loves Superboy as a character. Right. You know what I mean. So it's not like, oh, sure, I'll take that because DC's offered me a job. Like, yeah. you know what I mean. So, so at least he's gonna have, he's gonna bring some passion to it. That honesty. That, that he might, honesty. What's that? Honesty. What do you mean honesty? Honesty, because he loves the characters. What, what right, right, right. Whereas yeah. I can't say for sure that, you know, did Remender love Ryan Choi? Uh, you know, no, for the no, I mean, did he, no, did he love you know Punisher Wardrobe? I, mean, I you know, I don't know. I mean, I love the page. Well, you know, I, 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 yeah, you know, I think that's an interesting uh, comparison. Did he love Ryan Choi? I don't think so. Does he love Frankencastle? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's pretty yeah. much. But again, I think Remender work. now, and I, he he spoke about this recently. Was, maybe it was even you interviewed him. It was either you or Ron or some. I was most recently interviewed. I think it was either you or Ron. Uh, but I, he said, and it was a different Remender. Like you have to admit, when when Remender. And again, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. in the interviews, and he does a lot of interviews. In the interviews I heard from him when he was first going over to Marvel, he didn't seem happy, to be honest. He struck me as someone that was torn between, and he almost seemed apologetic. 
the fact that, you know, hey, nobody, you know, I'm getting beaten up because I'm leaving Fear Agent going to Marvel, but hey, I got a family to feed. And I yeah. totally got that. And I was like, you do, dude, do your thing. But I didn't feel listening to him, though, that even he really believed it. Like, I felt like he wished in a perfect world he could be Kirkman and just do his thing and make his money, right? But he can't. Now, I feel like he's gotten past that. And, and again, this is just going by what I'm inferring from hearing him and reading him. I read all this stuff. I feel like he's having fun now. He's gotten past the, I need to have hits to keep I, my I, stable. I think that he's telling stories that he wants to tell with artists man. that he grooves on, and it's. I think it's showing up in his work, and hopefully, it seems like it's making him happy again. You know, I, I, don't know I, th- I think every creator out there, maybe with the exception of Johns and and maybe Bendis, because they're at the top of the mountain on the mainstream stuff, but beyond them. And and I, and I think Bendis still has some creator-owned aspirations, but I think every creator out there eventually wants to be Mike Mignola. Oh sure. And Who and 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 and, and, Remen- and Remender is still that guy. No matter you know, sure everyone wants to play in the sandbox and write Captain America and Batman and Spider Man and you know. Everyone wants to play with those toys in the sandbox, but I think ultimately every one of those guys wants to have their character that transcends. And I think Rick is one of those guys as well. It's it, He would want... D- does he want to write Punisher for 15 years, or does he want Fear Agent to become a movie franchise? Sure. You know? don't, don't forget, I, though. I wasn't even really... Go ahead. I was just going to say, Mignola is the singularity. There are not many creators who have transcended to the degree that Mignola has. Can yeah, you, can yeah, you can you name more than five? Well, well, no, I mean that. That's why I said, you know, it's like, do you want do do you want to do you want to write or draw Spider Man for twenty years, or do you want to be Mike Mignola? Those guys right. want to be Mike Mignola. Sure, they want yeah. to, you, know, you know, Kirkman is an exception to the rule, but yeah, all of those guys want to do that. That's what they want to do, and I, hell, I can't blame them. That's what I'd want to do. Same here. It's, yeah, yeah. Well, but what I'm saying even more is on the thing of just it seems to me that like Remender made a a smart life choice in get taking the offer to to go right for Marvel. Sure. But I got the sense whenever it was a year or two ago, whenever it started, probably like two years ago, that he didn't seem like geared up for it. It was more like he was almost still convincing himself it was the right move. Dude, and right, now right. remember he's, he, he's, now an old, like, he's an old skate punk. He's an no, old I know, but he's I'm an old right. anti establishment yeah. skate punk and now he's part of the establishment. Yeah, but do you remember but, well you should remember now, Chris he's happy in it. Like he's comfortable in his own skate. It seems uh, like he's happy again. I don't know I, about that. Remember, I, remember the old he, around he, comics he, interviews yeah. that that you had with Remender, and he's like, "Yeah, man, indie comics all the way. That's the way to go. Sure. You got to do it for yourself." And then all of a sudden, he started working for Marvel, and was, he forgot about all that old DIY, you know. No, uh, he had a, he had a kid. Well, okay, that's, well, that's for whatever that's reason. That's what I'm saying. Well, I don't know if you've heard interviews with him recently. But that's my point. I think he was that guy, and then. In his first interviews, very much like company line, like, well, you yeah, know, I've put food on the table, but, but that's what I'm saying. Like lately, I'm saying I've heard him recently, and he seems again to be back to the, yeah, it, it, I, he's comfortable his own skin again. He's doing Fear Agent, he's got the last days of American Crime, but he's actually having fun at Marvel, and he's not apologetic. He realizes he can do both. He doesn't have to yeah. be. He's not no longer trying to be something he thought Marvel wanted him to be. He's just being himself, 
within the Marvel framework, right. and he's comfortable with that. And and I, I think that that's a transition some guys can make easier than others. Like, I've never gotten the sense that Jason Aaron hasn't liked working at Marvel from day one. I, you know, he seemed like he loved Ghost Rider. It was well-received. Mm-hmm. Seems like he loves Wolverine. It's well-received. Um, you know, and, and I guess getting back to the original point here is that I, I also get the sense that, like, Jeff, you know, Lemire is different than Brian Wood, right? Like, we know Brian Wood is not a superhero fan. Didn't read superhero comics growing up not really superhero guy so you know it would be surprising and hard to believe if he like accepted a job to write you know just a society but you know jeff for as amazing and astoundingly good as his creator owned stuff is and he better never stop doing that stuff and obviously he's got another you know OGN he's working on now with uh with top shelf but 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 Jeff, as we know from getting to know him, is a humongous superhero nerd. He loves superhero capes. And he, <laughs> he loves capes and cows. Hilarious. So yeah. so like he's a natural fit to do both, and that's awesome, right? Like you want guys that are like I, I want guys to be able to do both. And Hickman, then you got a guy like Hickman. Again, I think Hickman's not at all uh, doesn't at all make a secret that. In his world, he wants to be Mignola, right? He wants to. He sees the bulk of his no, career being no, no, his Hi- stuff. no. Hi- Hickman wants to be Hickman. Yeah, I, I, fair I, I, I think, I think John, Jonathan Jonathan wants to redefine it all, and and hats off to him. And you know what? I think he will because he's doing right. a bang up job on Fantastic Four. What I'm uh, saying is that Hickman. No, I think he is. David doesn't think he's. David. I think Hickman will more than likely be defined and wants to be defined by his non Big Two stuff. Yeah, I'm fucked up. Career. That's what I am. Yeah. Whereas I think other guys are comfortable in the big two universe, you know, like a Brubaker and stuff. I mean, right. they, he, Brubaker and Bendis are going to continue to do indie stuff, but they're more than comfortable in being the big swinging dicks of the of the Ooh. Marvel universe too. You know, got David's attention. And, you know, honestly, and you know, Hickman, Hickman is that that guy is is um, he's smart like a fox. I mean, he is he's got a he's got a long view like very few people I've talked to. And he's a, beast. It's, he's a breath I, of fresh I, air, is what he is. Yeah, I, I think I think he's going to be the one that's laughing at the end of the day. He's 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 got it figured out pretty good, you know. But but you know, back to back to Rick. I mean, Rick is he he's that skate punk attitude, um, you know, comic book writer. He's anti-establishment, but ended up kind of working. It looked like he was you know working for the man, but. Um, I, I think he's having fun writing comics, and he's doing he's doing his thing at you know at Marvel, which I think is you know it's kind of the, you know the last on you kind of thing. He's doing some really fun stuff, but he's doing it in the guise of of a Marvel comic. So you know I I kind of dig on that. And Frank Castle's been a lot of fun. He's beating them at their own game. Yeah, and and he'll do his own stuff. And you know one of these days, Fear Agent. Whether it's you know animated or movie or whatever, Fear Agent is going to going to get in front of a larger audience. But from you know from my perspective as, as a as a comic book fan, it's it's done everything that I could have ever hoped for it to be. And this last story arc, I I'm glad it's coming out at kind of a measured pace because you know I love that series so much and I don't. I don't want it to end, so I'm glad it's kind of coming out. And it's it's, it, it's like when when mom has this debilitating 
fatal disease. But it's, <laughs> it's no, it's not one that's going to kill her in a month, maybe in yeah. a year. You need time to prepare for her passing. I think that's what this last series is because yeah. we're going to say and, goodbye and, and to Mister. And she's telling you amazing stories the entire time. Right, yeah. right. But I, I will say, Mister um, Neil Edwards is not doing Hickman any favors. On what series? On Fantastic, Fantastic Four. Four. <laughs> yeah. God, <laughs> where, where, who, who's taking over on art? Epting. Epting's taking over. Not but, soon but enough. Edwards, <laughs> Edwards has slipped into this pseudo-hitch yeah, kind of exactly. style. Exactly. It's just, it's just not hitch. working. I, I didn't like Hitch on the book to begin with, but right. you know, whatever. Um, I, I, yeah. I decided, I decided to pick it up in trade because it was... It was I was not enjoying it as a monthly read because I knew kind of where he was going with it, but I didn't. I don't have the patience to wait for it. So it's like, you know what? I'm just gonna set it off to the side and buy it in trade, and then and then I'll just you know kind of you know fast forward to where he's going because I, I see that he has something building. But, he's got a plan, but, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and that's I don't have the fucking patience for it though. But they they are um, very good, fantastic four stories. I I believe anyway. But if anybody wants to comment on that, let's do it because we got to get rolling. No. Running running late, David. Roll it up, dude. You good, David? I'm good, buddy. Oh boy, this cluster has been brought to you by Discount it's Comic Books. Cluster. It's been some quality a, fucking em- entertainment, Vince. But it's a right. good cluster. This is right. a good cluster. Has been brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com. Once again, you can get all your comic books and collectibles there at significant discounts. What kind of discounts? Wamba. Wamba Wamba discounts. We're talking 35 to 75% off. Unheard of. Let's hear it, Wood. Unheard of. That means a lot. So check them out, DCBService.com. And in your travels... Wow, I don't know what to say. Read Bulletproof Coffin from Image. Oh, yeah. Read the Simpsons comics from Bongo. And something else I'm going to talk about next week. It's not a comic, but it's comic book related. It was adapted from a comic. It's called High School of the Dead. If you're if you're into the old BitTorrent thing, you can get fan fan subbed. No, listen, you can get li- not to it, 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 It's a gray area, I admit. Fan subbed episodes of High School of the Dead. Download them. It is so good. It's everything I I want in 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 a cartoon. TNA zombie buckets of blood and that subtext that you only get with zombie. Um, art, let's say the the old chaos versus order and society versus man, and where our place is in the universe. It, it it's great stuff, and it's so good. Uh, no one has licensed this in the country, so you can download it. It's a gray area. Yeah, it's not right, but yeah, you're not committing any 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 fouls. High School of the Dead. I'm gonna talk about it next week. So let's have a little little field trip. Download it. You'll love this. You will love it. All right. Nice. Sorry. Trip. Um, in your travels, um, do as I am doing and uh, go try and find uh, the Marvel Essential Power Man and Iron Fist Volume 1. Oh. That's still yeah. in print, right? Huh? It's still in print, right? I don't know. I just bought it for like half off and I'm digging it. The first. It's awesome. We'll pull out your issues and read them. It's great mm-hmm. stuff. Just don't stick around for the last issue. <laughs> hey. Hey, the first volume is sweet. 
It is. Uh, Talk about an ignominious ending for uh, Mr. Danny Rand, though. Yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, it's fun along the way. And uh, we, the the aforementioned uh, Godland Celestial Edition mm-hmm. one or two, whichever one you were on, can't go wrong with either one. Oh my yeah. god, so good. Uh, in your travels, Eboga. Sorry. <sighs> Read Public Education, which is a web comic. This oh. is in, in going way back to the beginning of the episode, well, sort of maybe the beginning, when uh, when Vince was reciting a lyric from a police song. It made me think of the webcomic, Public Education, which is written and drawn by our very own listener, John O., who also yes. sent us Mira. He sent me the first collection of Public Education, and it is it's it's collection of the web strips, and it is it's funny. It, uh, strips for the number four dot com is John's website. There's a uh, you can read the strip there. You can buy the first book. It's it's funny. It's 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 a labor of love. There are it's it's a story about Mr. Owl, who's a school teacher, and. Uh, what his class, the kids in his class get into and the questions they ask and uh, go to the website and read Do the strip. It. Do it. Yes. Like Adama said. Nice. Do it. Right. Ooh, look at you. All round and Before you, you hit your travels, be, feel free to wish uh, at least, I think, happy thoughts to uh, my lovely wife and I on our 10-year anniversary. As you Yay! Know. Awesome! Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, woohoo! Good but for then, her. after you pass all that, and you want to read some comics, comics, walk down to the IDW section of your LCS, sure, or the DCBS webpage for IDW, and pick up two comics that came out in the last few days. The first being Cobra, GI Joe Cobra. That's number seven is on the shelves, and if you thought it was possible to, if you thought it was impossible to make. Galobulus and Serpentor and those concepts cool in the real world vein, then you haven't read G.I. Joe Cobra. And then, if you really want to treat, and this is the second of three of this is the second time in three issues I've recommended this, please by all means pick up Darkwing Duck the Duck Knight Returns number two. Oh, isn't it good? Oh my god. I'm double dipping. I, I hope they put out a hardcover of this bastard because it's so friggin' good. I, I want to get I want to watch the cartoon again. Yeah, I'm just really loving fun. it. The really collection, fun. the collection really is in this month's previews, and it's a soft cover for fourteen ninety nine. Cool. Really? Well, how many issues? Just the three? Uh, I don't know, but uh, thing that turned me off, I was ready to buy it. Three ninety nine an issue, dude. I Oof. don't know. It is three ninety nine an issue, but it dude, is. Like, it's worth it, man. And while we're on the subject of IDW, there's up- a lot of bullshit out there for three ninety nine an issue. And sure. Darkwing Duck is the shit for reals. While you're on the IDW section, pick up Strange Science Fantasy by Scott Morse. Oh, I have it on order. I have it. All kinds of great. It's great. Cool, cool. And just like last episode, where we played a little antihero for you at the end, this time around we got another antihero song, but it's a premiere. You're not going to be able to hear this anywhere else. Oh. This right now. Is wow, called, John, John is setting you up, huh? He is. This is called All Hail Megatron. Wow. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, it's great. He so, gives me so much shit on the forum. I he should. Be nice to him. Everybody should give you shit. It's true. <sighs> it's not true. 
Nice Say bye bye, and then we'll segue into all hail Megatron, anti-hero. Bye bye. Bye bye. We love you. We love you. Bye. Vince loves you. I do. It does. Vince gives me more shit than anybody. He's all up in business. It's a tough love. It's a tough love. All up in his guts. Nice. All up in his Love it. Down my bar.